So, we got our buddy Jason Sype with us this week. Say what up. They can't see you do the the peace symbol, man, because Corey's still trying to crop your head in. I'm working on it. (laughs) Almost. There There, there it is. He got it. There he is. Money. Someone's watching the the stream. (laughs) So, (laughs) why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, my name is uh, Jason Sype. Um, Most people on the internet call me Sipe. Um, I am primarily a food and drink streamer. I was in the food business for about 10 years, and I've been streaming for almost two. Uh, Our stream is based around teaching the why behind cooking, not just the how. So we get into a little bit of like the science of cooking and the theory of uh, actually putting food on a plate instead of just, you know, splatting it on there. And that's just kind of our stream is it's a really laid back, low key stream, but we want to teach high level cooking at home. Uh, you don't need a ton of fancy equipment. You don't need, you know, like the most beautiful kitchen in the world. We just uh, we just have a good time, kind of have a dinner party and are excited to have people join us. Nice. During the 10 years that you were, you know, within the scene or in the industry, where all did you work? Were you like a uh, line chef or, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I started um, in the food business as a uh, restaurant critic, (laughs) which is a really strange place to start. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a really weird place to start when you have no experience to say, I'm going to be the critic. (laughs) But uh, I I was a senior in college. I was doing my bachelor's degree, and I thought it would be a great idea if someone paid me to eat food because, you know, I'm a college student. I don't have any money and I'm hungry. So I thought that was a good idea. So okay. I, I I've been pitched. to college and Chris was in Marines. So yeah, you guys get it. <laughs> so I uh, I pitched a restaurant review column to a newspaper that didn't have one and said, "I'll be your guy. I'll do the photographs and I'll track down the stories and I'll do everything. You just pay for it." And they said, "Sure." So I did that and then just kind of parlayed that into like a better paper and then a bigger website and then a better paper. And that's that's how I started in the food business. After a few years of that, I decided it would be important to learn how to cook instead of just being able to write about food. So I uh, found a job as a prep cook, kind of the the lowest on the totem pole mm-hmm. <laughs> in a kitchen. It's like one step above dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe not even, right? <laughs> no. Some dishwashers are paid extraordinarily well. Yeah, exactly. You can make a, you can have a, a, a very good career as a dishwasher. <laughs> as a prep cook, Again. you either move up or you get out. Yeah. I mean, that's not always true, but generally. So I started as a, a prep cook and um, had really good sous chefs that took a lot of uh, took a lot of chances on me and gave me a lot of opportunities. So I was really lucky in that sense to have good sous chefs right off the top. I worked my way up to uh, a line cook and uh, kind of like a chef de partie and a sous chef. Uh, I did a couple of cooking competitions. Um, you know, just kind of uh, worked my way up the, the ladder. So do you have any formal education behind your uh, spatula? I, I didn't go to cooking school. No, I have I have a degree in religion and an MBA, <laughs> but I didn't go to culinary school at all. <laughs> I degree forgot about in religion, that. huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was sure. going to cemetery, seminary school back in the that day. That was the plan. That was the plan. Yeah, for people that don't know, we've actually had, before Scrubverse, we had the Betty Games podcast, and that's when we had Jason's Jason site. Yeah, Jason so you guys, I think you guys, I've told you guys, I'll give kind of my history before, but yeah, I, I did go to school intending 
to be a pastor and to go to seminary. And then, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing I, that Chris, you did that too, right? It's a little bit different when mm. I went to a, like a super religious school, like it had a cape and everything. Uh, we were doing like divinity <laughs> and we were like looking through the dead sea scrolls. And like, it was a very, very intense and in-depth thing. Like the, the church and the school were married hand in hand. Right. The next step up was like I was preparing to be a pastor uh, and they had their own pathway because they owned their own school as well. So it was just like one big pipeline. And I said, no, no, this is this is not for me. I don't think I will do this anymore in the nicest terms possible. But Jason, what motivated you to jump into streaming uh, in the first place? I left uh, a kitchen I was a part of for a really long time and was looking for a creative outlet. So I was kind of dabbling in YouTube and trying to figure out um, what I wanted a YouTube channel to be. And I got into streaming because it scratched that creative itch for me, but it had probably the biggest thing to me that YouTube didn't, which is instant interaction. I really didn't like with YouTube that you'd put a video up and then just kind of hope that people would say something or mm -hmm. interact with you. Whereas with streaming, it's it's now like your people are with you. And so if you um, if you make a mistake, everyone's watching. And if something awesome happens, everyone's watching. So I, I really liked that. And I like that people can, can kind of say, what are you doing? Can you go back? I didn't understand what you just did instead of just having kind of comments of people going like your video sucks <laughs> you know it's like you can tell me my stream sucks that's fine but give me a chance to say something back to you you know what i mean versus mm -hmm. just having a, a comment on the internet coward yeah yeah is. yeah exactly yeah because it amazes me people people will say things on the internet that they would never say in real life oh absolutely like, even someone just saying you're stupid like people would never like they're i mean chris and i would probably say that but the normal Joe Schmo person wouldn't be just like, you're stupid. No. And especially like I'm, I'm as non-confrontational as they get. Mm -hmm. And even on the internet, I'm like very polite and very meek and like, you know, don't offend anyone. Right. That but, customer uh, service. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that's that pastoral side of me. But mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it isn't really even just about the criticism to me. It's, I like being uh, in a room and like engaging with people and so mm -hmm. having that instant interaction it does feel like your viewership is with you like we stream i mean you're looking at me now my kitchen is literally right here like this is my storage <laughs> for my kitchen so yeah. when you're watching my cooking stream like you're literally in my house you know we aren't on a set somewhere where there's a you know a barrier it's you're in our kitchen you're in our house so it's it's very it's very intimate it's very intimate yeah so i really like having that kind of instant interaction with people so i know that your wife is very very active miss tapat all right i'm, I'm gonna fuck it up uh miss tap cat yeah yeah uh she's very supportive of your streams in addition to running her own crafting channel i know that she does the lego she's building the i think she's doing like the nes stuff right now mm -hmm. how do the two of you manage both an active presence on twitch while also giving time to yourselves dude it's it's hard um twitch uh and streaming in general has just become a big part of our relationship um we do spend so much of our time online whether it's with each other like she's on my show a lot 
and just the nature of her show i'm not on camera on her show a lot but we're always like Mm -hmm. moderating each other's chats and like we call it producing so that's like a big part of our life like i'm live i don't know 10 to 15 hours a week and she's live five ish hours a week but as you guys know there's so much that goes on behind Mm -hmm. the scenes it's not just you go live and you stream and then when you're done that's it like there's no for every hour that you're no. online there's like another like hour to two that yeah. you're fixing something or setting something yeah. up or planning something oh yeah. yeah i get it i'm the behind the scenes guy for like our stuff uh i've helped chris with his stuff mm-hmm. i've uh, a lot of the megavision stuff i'm the i i i can like i mean i've talked to chris about this before i can talk to a brick wall like i can have a conversation with anybody but I really like being that guy behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, just being like, hey, I got this to work. Or, oh, God, everything's on fire. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it happens a lot. Exactly, so. yeah. But and there, it, feel, it feels like the two of you are online every single day. There's always something going on, whether it's the Lego streams or it's you making some badass Beef Wellington. Yeah. we That Beef Wellington, I have to say... I'm going to try and keep it a little bit more – try to be a little bit more sophisticated with this podcast because there's, like, <laughs> culinary stuff. But, All right. yeah, I got Titan pants is when I saw that, well, that Beef Wellington. Because that... I'm going to make one this Christmas. I'm doing it my first try or my first time. Uh, straight up, that was the first one I've ever made. I think Gordon Ramsay would be proud of that one. I, I, think th- would... I mean, I think he would have eviscerated me a little bit. But I think it turned out, like, the cook on it was pretty great. You know, we could have done a little more with shaping it, I think. But it, yeah. it was, I, I think, for a first attempt. And again, doing all of it live, I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about it. Well, here's the thing with your stream, too. And uh, I'm kind of, Chris has got his, got, we got questions, but I'm going to ad lib some stuff, too. Uh, for people that don't know that listen to podcasts, I am actually in culinary school. And Jason is probably one of the reasons that I am actually took the leap to go into culinary school because I'm only going to take I, credit for that. If it works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I get a food truck and it takes, Jason's going to be like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> but, uh, when, when, when there's profits, that's when I'm going to show up at the door and be like, Hey, remember that's me? right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but no, I am in culinary school. So there's going to be a lot of like tangent stuff. Like I would do want to say, so I was going to have a question. What was your favorite, thing to use in the kitchen as a utensil and i already know what it is it's your cooking tongs it's your t- big tweezers and i bought a pair i find i bought nice. a pair they were like nine dollars yeah. on amazon dude those things are fantastic They're <laughs> like, great, right? i got into class we were plating up stuff i think we were plating up uh parfaits mm-hmm. and i br- i busted them out they were like what are those i was like i don't want to touch my my stuff and i just like started putting they're like, you are so bougie. I'm like, I totally am, and I don't care. Yeah. So. When I when I started using them at work, the kitchen I was at at the time, it was like, it was not like a tweezer kitchen at all. No. Um, and so when I started using them, I got a lot of, can I can I say I got a lot of shit on this channel? Is it okay for me to say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, this is the cleanest know. we've been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I got a, I got a ton of shit for being like oh, yeah. the guy using tweezers or tongs, um, yep. but after after you do a couple of events or a couple of services or or whatever your your workflow is, and people see just how how well they work, all of a sudden you're not the only guy with tweezers anymore. <laughs> they're because um, I awesome. I busted them out. My wife was like, "Are those for your perler beads?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> this is for this is for grown ass man work." So. 
But I was gonna say too, you guys, you guys stream uh, cumulative probably, you know, anywhere from like fifteen to twenty hours a week. Uh, you guys also have full time jobs as well. Yeah. That's yep. insane. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, and you know, we we have a lot of discussions about do we want streaming to be a full time job? Mm. And you know, it's of course it's really hard. Um, you know, only only the top one percent of streamers, or you know, I mean, like the top. It's not even one percent, but no, you know, there's very, very that. few streamers at the top can actually make a living just streaming. Um, yeah. So we, we have those discussions a lot, and again, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Like you know, there's there's brands that are talking to us about like, do you want to promote this? Do you want to be featured on this? And there's all those kind of business decisions that you have to make of like, is this good? Is this bad? And there's not, not jumping the gun. Yeah, don't jump the gun, and there's not really a playbook for it either. Like when you're when you're trying to make money streaming the inclination is just to grab everything and to be like yes i'll do it like yes but there's we've had that we had that discussion really early in the podcast we were like if we ever got like because we've never gotten really any sponsors but if we ever did get a sponsor we would not just jump at the first one because anything that we sponsor we want to make sure that we are actually like we like the product it's tied to your name yeah, yeah exactly. except for Raid Shadows Legends, we're gonna take that shit as the minute they give it to us. So. <laughs> Wait, to give that me the mobile game that's sweeping the nation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That garbage game. <laughs> oh, but throw anyway, me sorry, seven thousand dollars and I'll fucking, I'll fucking dance for oh, you. Oh yeah, fuck. Oh yeah. Use yeah. code Scrubbers <laughs> to get a thousand. Use I don't know. Code what that fuck is. me. A free, a free epic. Yeah. Match. <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, so Jesus. in your in your culinary journey, what would you say is like your forte? Like everyone's got like a thing. Like my my favorite thing to do is really like Caribbean food and Eastern European dishes. Mm-hmm. What what would be You're like savory. your thing? Like um, I am. Yeah, um, I think, and <laughs> I really think this is the only way to describe it. I think that what I do best at earnestly is fail. And I don't mean that in like a joking way, like oh I mess everything mm-hmm. up. But I mean that I I'm when I when I'm approaching like anything create creatively, just screw it up the first time. It's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been my approach to to cooking too, which is just jump in. Like and if you obviously like you don't want to screw up in a way that makes anyone sick or anything. But if no. you're trying out like a concept for a dish or you're you're trying out a menu or something, just try it and fail and if it doesn't work tweak it but i feel like there's so many people especially when i was you know really kind of new there's so many young cooks that don't want to make a mistake because you think if you make a mistake you're you're somehow like bad but you're learning you're making mistakes so Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like my forte or what i maybe do best in the kitchen is fail and learn from it um and you try not to you try not to make the same mistake again but I think that if you're afraid of making mistakes in anything, you're you're not going to progress nearly as far and certainly not as fast as if you just, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, most of the stuff in the kitchen that I learned is because I messed it up the first time. Like even those uh recently I made some ch- uh chocolate lava cakes, chocolate molten cakes, whatever you want to call yeah. them. But uh and everyone was like, "Oh my god, these are so good." And the minute I took a step back, I found like seven things wrong with it right off the bat. But in defense of that, I am my own worst critic when Absolutely. it comes to yeah. cooking. 
I, I mean, I've talked to you about this offline, but I am just like, I asked him one day, I was like, you ever get like the feeling that everyone loves your food, but you're like, this is shit. I could have done so much better. He's like, everyone does that. You're good. Everyone Don't worry about that. it. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever, so, I mean, live it out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you ever done like any redemption streams? Like you've royally fucked something up on, on stream and you just went back to it and be like, yo, this time we're going to fucking tackle it. I don't know that we've ever had anything like go colossally wrong on stream. I say that fully acknowledging that like we've had a fire. <laughs> um, I miss that stream. But, I mean, like we had a fire in the sense that like we had some butter like hit the burner in, the, in an oven and like. Ignite. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like it wasn't anything like catastrophic. Um, but I mean, not view worthy. So. Yeah, like. <laughs> But having things kind of go wrong is also kind of what we go for because a big part of what I want to do is, again, it's kind of that like embracing failing kind of a thing, but I don't like cooking shows that are like everything is perfect and beautiful and pristine and we have the best of the best of everything. Like we're cooking in my time. You got the, you got the Maddie Matheson mentality. Yeah, that you got. exactly. It's like we're cooking in our apartment kitchen. Sometimes you're going to get vegetables that aren't in the best shape. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So let's talk about what your food really looks like when you don't have stylists. And if this happens when you're cooking, this is what's happened. This is how you can fix it. Or do you need to throw it away? So kind of having things go a little bit wrong, I think is kind of a good thing because it's real things that other people are going to come up against if they're cooking along with you or they're going to try that dish at some point. So having everything kind of be perfect and manicured, it's not really what I go for on stream anyway. So right. uh, in the sense of like, have we redeemed anything that went really wrong? Not not yet. Um, maybe we'll do another Wellington though. <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you have any pre-streaming rituals you go through? Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, funny enough, we had a, we had a friend of ours um, who's another food and drink streamer. He came over to our kitchen to do like a like a co-stream and we were getting everything set up and this was this was more than a year ago. Like I was still pretty new into this. And he came over and we were all set, setting up the cameras and testing everything. And then I was like, "Do you do you have any pre-stream rituals?" And he's like, "No." Like I I tweet or like whatever he said. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Like Cat and I always watch this like really stupid animated video, but it cracks us up and it kind of like gets us in that mood of like having fun. So I showed it to him and he like, he didn't think it was funny at all. He's like, he's like, you watch this before every stream. And I was like every stream. And he's like, okay, like, what video for you? I want to leave now. Um, it's a, it's, it's a video of um, some people from, Oh, this is actually going to be kind of topical. It's some people from rooster teeth playing overcooked and they're just like screaming at each other but uh there's it is topical <laughs> it's topical yeah but there's a there's a really funny animated video of that and so that's what uh my wife and i always used to watch before we would go live and it would just kind of get us in that like funny headspace but yeah right. i showed it to someone else and he was just like this is how you start your stream <laughs> i was like i personally uh, <laughs> tried to show the headlight fluid thing to people and they don't think it's that funny uh, yeah like the headlight the funniest fluid thing. exactly yeah <laughs> what headlight fluid thing they're they're having some they're it's rooster teeth and it's i think it's achievement hunter they're doing some they're playing some kind of game or they're talking it might be a podcast that they're doing mm -hmm. and someone did an animated to it and i think it might have been gavin the british guy 
uh, that was talking about like he didn't know anything about cars. He's like, yeah, it's something about headlight fluid and all that other stuff. And it they they move on to the next subject. But one guy goes back. He goes, did you just say headlight fluid? And yeah. like then it just goes into them reaming his this guy. That's exactly <laughs> the like, same I, thing. Yeah, it's 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 old Rooster Teeth too. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's really good stuff. So, Jason, what sort of uh, equipment are you running? I know that you got the dual cameras in there. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten like a um, a personal mic that clips on your shirt, but like, what do you what do you run both for your gaming streams and also your uh, your show? Dude, our setup is so basic. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. <clears throat> We've got in the kitchen. We have uh, three cameras. Um, so one camera just sits this one that I'm looking at right now. That one sits where it does on top of my monitor. So when I stream, like this is what you're seeing right now is like my office, mm-hmm. huge quotation marks around that right next to me over here is our kitchen. So when we're streaming in the kitchen, I pick up this monitor and I put it on the counter right here. Uh, and that's <laughs> one of our cameras and that's how I read chat and like run the stream. My computer is, it's just a whatever computer. It's like an, like a last gen i5, um, 10 nothing too, 1080 i think like it's not a super it's not a fancy pc at all uh blue yeti microphone two c920s this is a razor keel and that's the setup got some studio lights right here that again same thing i just kind of like twist them so they face into the kitchen instead of my office uh <laughs> dude that's it like it's budget right? setup <laughs> that's fucking dope it's budget though. Um, that's, before, well, we got, that's, before we got these computers with the i fives, um, I was running like a, like an old like, office like an old like corporate line like i three Dell, <laughs> like something that shouldn't be able to stream at all. Hell and then, yeah! Uh, before that was a laptop, and before that I was just off my cell phone. I remember the laptop. I remember yeah. when you guys had the laptop. I, I think you had it right off stream mm-hmm. and. Cat uh, cat would go over to the side and just read chat for you yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I remember that. I, re- I remember uh, that. We've evolved a lot in four years or in two years. I think I remember the cell phone. Like that was like way and cell phone was way on back. Mm-hmm. The cell phone was like no lights, um, no external microphone, no other cameras. It was just my cell phone, and I was streaming from the Twitch app on my cell phone. That's wild. There's still Dude. some people that do that, man, and like, it works. Because why not? Because yeah, honestly, your like iPhone that's... camera is better than anyone's webcam. Yeah. And the mic on Most your iPhone time. is pretty solid. If you're in a kitchen, why not? It works. I mean, people use them for the in real life, uh, the IRL streams yeah. and all that stuff too. Um, but, uh, I kind of like haunt the the Twitch subreddit. And um, people are always like, what do I need to get started? What do I need to get started? I'm a big proponent of like, start with your cell phone and see if you even like streaming like don't go drop super basic don't go drop a ton of money on a streaming setup if you don't even like streaming like start with your phone Mm -hmm. right because you're gonna take a you're gonna take a drop in quality initially when you switch to webcams and microphones until you get it all figured out so you might as well just start with your iphone because it's gonna work out and it's easy yep yeah when i did that one kitchen stream uh i wasn't landline uh hooked into the internet so I was using Wi-Fi, and people were like, "Hey, this looks really good for like five minutes," and then the Wi-Fi would just tank. <laughs> exactly. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still the, the weather has gotten colder, so I'm I was in the process of wiring Ethernet through my house, mm-hmm. so I'm going to fix that. And uh, I got compliments on my kitchen. People were like, "Your yeah, kitchen looks really yeah, nice. Your kitchen's beautiful." I appreciate that. And uh, but yeah, once we get that set up, we will, you'll see more 
streams from in the kitchen, especially now that I have a little bit more experience under my belt and all that For stuff sure. too. I've been in the kitchen last few weeks. Like one of the things was this earlier this week, I made the Adobe, uh, I made, there's a guy, that's what I was going to ask you on YouTube. Are there any like, uh, channels that you like to watch like other chefs and stuff like that? There's no one I, I especially gravitate to. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, kind of the big names, I think they're all fine. Like I, I certainly don't have a problem with any of the big creators. Um, right. You know, Joshua Weissman has great stuff. Whatever you think of him, I think his content that, is good. Babish, same That's what thing. I was about to bring up. Like, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Joshua. Yeah, like, I mean, whether you like him or not, his, his content is good. Same thing with Babish. Whether you like him or not, his content's good. And I kind of feel like... Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of like whether you like the person or not, like, sure, that that's a reason to watch a video or don't. But I've never met most of those guys, so I don't know. You know, right. all, all I all I know of them is the same thing that all of y'all know about them. Right. So I'm like, eh. I didn't know that Joshua. He's in Austin. Yeah. Like in one of his videos, he drove to a Specs, which is their uh, which is like their liquor stores down there. I was like, that was literally down the road from where I lived in Austin. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was like, it's small freaking world, man. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think those two are probably, those two are probably the biggest on YouTube right now. The yeah. you suck at cooking guy is pretty fun. Gosh, who else? I watch a lot of Vice. Vice. Yeah, I watch of... a lot of the Vice and the Munchies stuff. Um, it's kind of the same thing. They get some people on their shows that I'm like, I don't resonate with that person <laughs> at all. I'm good. Yeah. And they also get some people that I'm like, cool. That that person, you know, they they seem awesome. So. Yeah. But so, uh, I'm curious, how have, uh, I know you asked me a couple questions and I just answered you, but I, I kind of yeah, want to hear the same things. Like how have your setups evolved? And like, and I'm really curious, do you guys have pre-stream rituals as well? I'll let you go first, Chris, because you recently have died back into streaming. Yeah. So as far as like pre-streaming rituals, like it's, it's going to sound, I, I watch a lot of Meat Canyon and I especially go for the, uh, oh, y'all don't know about Meat Canyon? Never heard of it. I don't okay, know. So, he is a parody animator, but he he has a very dark uh, oh. sense of humor. That's, um, that sounds about right for you. <laughs> one of my favorite ones is that he did a parody of Ed and Eddie. Yeah. Where, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you know what I'm talking oh, about. I love now Ed you know what I'm Are you kidding me? I just know Ed and Eddie. That's why I was like, okay. oh. <laughs> well, there is, there is one video, and really, it doesn't do any justice unless you, you pull it up. But it's pretty much uh, Kevin walks out, finds the Ed boys, like, fucking off doing some scam. And he's just like, where is everybody? And Ed is just like, or Eddie, he goes like, they've they've gone to see perfection. They've gone to see Oh, God, this light. is a creepypasta shit. Is what oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> dark as fuck. Like dark. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that Meat Canyon, he has, like, two things. One, he's parried, sometimes he parodies uh, real life. So he'll make fun of, like... Ellen DeGeneres, or before that, uh, Jeffree Star, with all the debacles that they went through, and they're pretty much just saying, like, you know, these people are shit, but then what they'll do is that they'll take parodies of established IPs like Bugs Bunny, Edit and Eddie, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, whatever the fuck it is, and then he'll just twist it. So there's one thing where he did an episode based off of the Disney animated series Cars, yeah. And incorporated Thomas the Tank Engine, but Thomas the Tank Engine is like this ethereal demon uh, that pretty much tells. Uh, we were just talking about your stream. Lightning man. McQueen. No, no, no. <laughs> we're talking about my pre rituals, and then you ask. I get yeah. What Meat Canyon is, 
and it goes into like this these these heavy black metal lyrics oh, like yeah. just like abandon all hope your god has left you and then just like Dude, that's some dark drives here. off yeah it's, we just it's, watch it's, rooster it's... teeth so <laughs> <laughs> which if you think about it right now it's some dark heavy shit right yeah. now so. yeah, right now it is that, that they got some shit going on no um so that's my ritual i watch okay. like some some crazy psychotic shit. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tangent since before I forget about Ed and Eddie. Uh, you guys should look up what the creators. I don't know if it's specifically creators or just fans of the show uh, are trying to like push it, like to be like this is what the show could be if they, well, like, if they tried to reboot it and stuff oh, like that. Oh, not or like the purgatory. There's also. Thing. Yeah, there's also some things like uh, they made the entire universe that everyone grew up to be an assassin. And they all have their different kinds of perks and all this stuff. And I didn't think I was like, this is stupid. But then I looked Sounds at like the it. Baseline for Mistborn. A little bit. Like and then like Double D is like this amazing like doctor and like he wears all white and stuff, but he's also like a killer. So like he's like a Dexter level of killer and all that stuff. Ed has never purposely killed anybody. Anybody that he kills, he accidentally kills. So like whenever <laughs> they tell him to like kill somebody, he starts crying. He's like, I can't do this. And Eddie is, I mean, he's just a, a swindler. Like, he's kind of like a less cool Spike Spiegel. Like, if you think about that, yeah. He's just always trying to get the scam to work and all that shit. And they even go into the other characters as well, which is like Johnny 2x4 becomes a demolition expert and all this other stuff. So, how does it's nice. pretty, if you want to... Yeah, it, I, I just found it on Twitter. Like, I don't know the art. It's been a while huh. since I've seen it, but I just Google. There's, there's also ones where, like... The high school, college years—they show like what the people have, gr- like what the characters have grown in. That show's super good, and it's really hard to find on DVD. So, there's a YouTube channel I think that streams it like 24/7, but I don't know how legal that is. So, <laughs> I think Chris is looking it up right now. So oh, I guess no, I'll go no, no. Oh man, I'll go. I don't really have any pre-ritual stream or pre-stream rituals or anything like that. I usually do the tweet outs. I'll do the Discord updates and all that stuff. I usually just will watch funny stuff. I've recently been watching, and I know Jason will like this because he's a fan of Tom Segura, but I've recently found their podcast called Your Mom's Podcast, and I found Two Bears, One Cave. Uh, My wife is tired of me and everything. Like She'll walk in from work. She goes, are you watching this episode again? I was like, it came out yesterday. I've only watched it three times. And she's like, you're crazy. And I just – I. It's scary how much I realize I am like Tom Segura, like how I just like <laughs> fuck with my wife and all that stuff. And like on the most recent episode, he'll, he started they were making fun of like people in Texas and they just kept going like, well, so I walk around the house yelling that now. And my wife literally she's just had she's it. like she's like, go to your office. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> <Go to your laughs> <room. laughs> Basically, because my office is off from the house. Like, you have to walk outside yeah. to go to my office. And she's just like, I need you to be in there because I'm done with you. Wow. <laughs> it's a weird relationship. Like, your a lot of people have, like, watched one. our relationship from the outside. And they're like, you guys are going to get divorced. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's how we work. Mm-hmm. That's like, how that's work. how. Yep. Yeah. Because, like, I've talked to, like, I talked to my wife. She goes, it's amazing that, you know, when I met you, you were like, I'm never going to be married. I'm never going to have kids and all that. And she's like, you've totally changed on that. I'm like, yeah, don't get used to it. So <laughs> it's just, it's being, I like being sassy. And like she, especially with coronavirus, man, like we're always together. Usually I'd be able to go to Austin for a week out of the month and like kind of get away from each other. Like, I think that's a good thing is like to be able, like whether it be like going to separate jobs or anything like that, it's just like if me and Chris lived together, 
if we were together nonstop, we would hate each other. Yeah. That's agreed. just the nature of anything. So people are like, you're happy that you're away from your wife. I'm like, for a little bit. Yeah, and then I'm ready bit. to go back and see but you. I mean, I think that I agree with you. Like, that's healthy. And it's weird that there's a stigma against that, though. Like, I love my wife more than anyone. But there are days mm-hmm. it's like, we should we should not hang out today. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, everyone needs <laughs> yeah. their time apart. Is she listening and, right yeah, now? She just, Did she, she walk no, away? She literally looked over and she went. So yeah. we might be on one of those days. <laughs> Oh, I have to ask. I know we got more questions, but because uh, I've talked to Chris about the married life as well. Have you ever done anything where she's just like doesn't talk to you for a long time? Um, not really. Because um, I have. What so, have you done? <laughs> I when we were living in a three bedroom apartment with three other people, I was home one weekend because I used to work in Austin for two weeks. I'd be home a weekend and then go back for two weeks. It was a really rough time. But when I came back, I said, hey, we're going to go to Texas Day, Brazil. I had never taken her before. I had never been before. And I was like, cool, we're going to go on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to go to this magic tournament. I'm going to do really bad, as I always do. And then we're going to leave. Of course, that was the one day I made it to finals in a game day undefeated. And I call her. I'm like, hey, this has never happened before. I could win. We'll go next week or in two weeks. I was not talked to for three days. Mm. (laughs) I flew on a plane and didn't even get a goodbye. So, (laughs) yeah. My wife's pretty. She, I love her with all my heart. And I, like, bless her for being able to put up with me. But she is an ice queen sometimes. Like, she is very good at that. (laughs) No, my wife is the exact opposite. Like, she doesn't... If I fuck up, I just won't hear the end of it for a while. I mean, that's what happens when you marry... When you marry a Puerto Rican. uh, Because they just crazy. I married a Southern Belle, so... Yeah. As long as she's happy, we're happy. (laughs) No. When when we're away from each other, it's, it's constant texting. It's we're always mm-hmm. talking to each other regardless. That's just the nature of the, the the relationship. Like we can be in the same room and do completely different things and be content, but sometimes she has to be in the same room. That's just that's just the way that it works, and that's what makes her comfortable. That's what makes us comfortable, right. and it is what it is. Like yeah. that's yeah, I, that's that's uh, how Cat and I hang out too. Like yesterday, we sat on like yesterday neither of us had anything to do um which never happens so we sat on the couch and we each played different video games next to each other and didn't talk to each other all day it was great perfect day yeah it's awesome and we're both like it was a great day like it was awesome hanging out with you we didn't talk to each other it was great (laughs) yeah well i was gonna say too you you asked what our setups were uh don't do like i did i bought in and was like, this is what I want to do. And then like, I spent a good amount of money on my streaming setup because I was like, I want quality. And then I got into it, and I like, I streamed for a while. I still stream, but I got delusional about the the streamer world. It's like, oh, I can stream and just be like this huge personality and all that other stuff. That's not how it happens. If you'd have jumped in the game back in 2013, which is when Twitch, I would say that's when like the big streamers now, like Ninja, Maximilian. Uh, shroud all that that's when they started and you have to have that much commitment put into it to get to the level that they're at but yeah don't go out and buy a 400 camera or like i still don't have a stream deck i don't need a stream deck like 
I know a lot of people that have them and they're like, I don't ever use them. So I'm just like, mm. I've learned the hard way to not buy all that shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of take the approach of <clears throat> make sure you need the tech before you buy the tech. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If, if, if buying the, the gadget lets you do something that's worth the price of the gadget. Great. But there's probably a free solution. Like there are, 1 million free stream deck apps <laughs> that you can turn your phone into a stream deck yep or you can use your keyboard does the same thing just uh, learn what hotkeys are exactly so. it's i mean it's literally all a stream deck is um mm-hmm. but uh I, I like i don't think the buying in approach is bad i just i see so many people like when i was mentioning reddit i see so many people posting and they're like i, I like i'm thinking about quitting college and streaming all the time i'm like don't do that. No, don't, <laughs> don't, do, don't that. do that. Please don't do that. Uh, Could you imagine if we quit our daytime jobs to start streaming and then like we're homeless? Oh no, that would not fly over here. Yeah. No, that like Bruce Green was able to do it because he already had a following because of Funhouse and all the and exactly. G four and all that shit. That's why he got like you know he has a thousand people watching his stream. Bruce Green was on G four. Yeah, yeah, he used to do video game reviews for I don't know. He it was, was on like Attack of the Show, show. And stuff too. Was it Attack of the Show? Yeah, he had like oh. a little bit, like a little two-minute segment where he was like, this is the game I played this week. Well, this is why you should or shouldn't play it. Yeah, like, he yeah. was there, and I think I think James Willems was on IGN or G4 too, and so was Adam Kovic. Like, that's where they, that's all, where they, all... And they all got started. Yep, and then wow. that's where they got picked up by Rooster Teeth, and then they made Fun... Well, I think maybe it was Funhouse, and then Funhouse got picked up by Rooster Teeth or vice versa. No, it was I, that I think order. They, I think they made Funhouse knowing Rooster, Rooster Teeth, Teeth was going to buy it. Yeah, I mean that Matt or Pat and Wooly are part of Rooster Teeth now, which is really weird to say. Like, I still don't associate them with Rooster Teeth, even though they are. I mean, Rooster Teeth as a company has changed a lot. Like they, you know, they did like the Sugar Pine Seven thing, trying to like get into that avenue, and yeah. that didn't, you know, it didn't do well. That dude's hilarious though. The sk- the because he was on a couple episodes of uh, the Funhouse episodes, and mm-hmm. those are some of like the demo discs that. The demo disc stuff is some of the best stuff I've ever watched, mm-hmm. especially with Bruce and Lawrence. Like, I didn't realize how much I loved those two until they were gone. And not talking mm-hmm. shit on all the other ones, but there's a different kind of mentality when Bruce is on screen or when Lawrence is on screen that I don't think – no diss to, like, James or Adam or – I would say that, like, Alana and uh, Elaine – not Elaine, but what's James's wife's name? Elise. They were all doing really good jobs and all that stuff, but – we're probably not going to get really into the news, but yeah, just some crazy shit going down right now. So I'm a little worried about the fun house and the inside gaming and the rooster teeth crews right now. It's, it's an interesting development. But yeah, don't quit you your wanna... job to be a streamer. No, <laughs> don't yeah, we, do that. We got from, we got from that to here. <laughs> oh yeah. Welcome to our podcast, Jason. <laughs> no. Uh, as far as equipment that I'm running, I mean, I've got the light over here. Uh, really, a, I turned a gaming PC to be able to do both. The ultimate goal back a year or two was that I wanted to start making my own YouTube videos. And just the sheer time sink that goes into editing and learning certain software, which is really where I'm at. Because I have editing software, but I want to use the good shit. But in order for you to use the good shit, you have to learn how to use the good shit. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. Um and you don't that <laughs> it's a commodity. So in order for me to do all the things that I want to, like I'm trying to take the right steps, but then I realize once I have the footage, I can't use it the way that I want to. And then I have to like 
start from scratch again. So like now when I stream, I have to have audacity running in the background so that I have my voice track going off on its own because it will clash with whatever's playing online mm. or on the game and shit like that. Just like little little things I'm learning. I'm I'm failing as I go so that later on like I want to be able to say my first video or whatever is good. Like it's good quality and the only thing that you can ding me on is my personality and my opinion. I never really wanted to be the one that you know, oh, your setup is shit. I, I'm I have the 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 fortune or the you know the ability to I know that came off wrong, but it is like what it uh, is. I got the yeah. So here's the stigma in my our Discord. <laughs> Everyone thinks I have money. Chris is the one that has the money. <laughs> so like you know, if I, I can go out there and buy something relatively decent and not break the bank, that's just I'm I'm lucky. That's just what it comes down to. I've I'm lucky. So like I got the two mics because I have people that come over and play games with me. I've got a second computer sitting over there because I'm having one computer that's dedicated to streaming and the other one dedicated to gaming or dedicated to to editing. You know, it is what it is. I'm able to buy the shortcuts to make it easier. Like I've been thinking about buying a, a stream deck because it was, it's just something that's easy. I can, with the push of a button, change something wait that I didn't holidays. have to do. <laughs> yeah, wait for the, wait to the holidays, definitely. But I mean, like, I have a decent setup. It's not... It's not anything it's, super crazy, super fancy or whatever. It still but. amazes me everything that we are able to do. And, like, I mean, even the three of us right now, we probably, with the three of us, we hit three pretty large points of the U.S., like where mm -hmm. we're currently located. And it still amazes me that me and Chris have do, been doing a podcast for well over a year and a half and our streams and all that stuff. And, like, we've been doing it remotely like this the entire time. And then once COVID hit, everyone started doing it like us and they're like oh we got to do it like a zoom call. i'm like bitch we've been doing this man like mm -hmm. we know and they're like oh sorry for the low quality i'm like first of all you can have really high quality with what we do mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. we're we 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 are the best are, of oh. the we're the best of the shit. I, I don't know if you can say that. Like, right? Like, we're high tier shit, is what we are. We're the we're the smart kids on the on the short bus. That's the way that you put it. That that's not the exact words I used, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a better way of saying it. I'll, I'm gonna adopt that. So, anyway, let's let's get back on track a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jason, tell me about Team Bonin because I've seen you with these guys for a while i think i asked about it once and then it got lost in the memory logs <laughs> so give me the refresher what is team bonin what is your role in there mm -hmm. go um so team bonin is a team that was organized by one of the food and drink partners um his uh his account or his name is chef de partie um team bonin is a stream team on twitch that comprises most but um but not all food and drink streamers and um there are also plenty of team members that are not themselves food and drink streamers but are somehow connected whether it's um you know like in the case of like my wife who's a lego streamer she's not on team mm -hmm. bonin but she would certainly like be welcome to be because she's so adjacent to food and drink and she's kind of in all the same right. circles so it's right. primarily a food and drink team but not not exclusively so. Got it. Um, but a, a huge team of people, a couple hundred members. Recently, I've been heading up kind of the events planning part of the team. 
So putting a group of people together that are planning uh, the theme weeks and um, getting started on some of our charity stuff. Uh, so it, it's just a great group of people and um, uh, very collaborative, and uh, it's, it's a fun team. What else can I say? That's what I was going to say. You guys raised a lot of money for the charity organizations that you have been doing. Would yeah. you like to plug those for a second? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually, <laughs> coincidentally, I'm actually wearing a St. Jude shirt right now. Um, St. Nice. Jude, of course, is uh, huge for Twitch streamers. Um, uh, That's my neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So St. Jude is a big one um, that most people know. Uh, we just finished um, a month of what we call Stream for Starlight. So Starlight Children's Foundation is an organization that provides uh, gaming and VR stations to hospitals. So kids who are in long-term care with like chemo or cancer treatment can mm -hmm. be kids and they can explore virtual reality and play video games and just not kind of be poked and prodded all day long like medical experiments but can actually play mm -hmm. and be kids yeah. um so we we really got behind their organization last year um and then we got to meet most of them at twitchcon last year um we just finished a big month of supporting them and team bonin as a whole raised over 50 grand um last month shit yeah for starlight that's crazy which is crazy yeah uh there was another food streamer um who was streaming um not not under the team bone in banner but just kind of streaming under his own thing for starlight and as an individual he raised like 15 grand so food and drink streamers in general raised like i think over seventy thousand dollars for starlight last month which is just wild it's just absolutely insane yeah I can tell you, so raising money by streaming, by cooking, or playing video games, I feel personally is a thousand times better than getting that Twitch payout. Oh, it's not even like, close. Yeah, I mean, depending, like, unless you're doing this, like, you gotta pay bills with streaming, but just streaming to be like, I mean, Mega Visions we raised, I think I just looked at it last night, $1,470 for, uh, for Arkansas, or, Ar I mean, just Children's Hospital across the United States. And that is probably the coolest thing that we do. For sure. Like, because yeah. especially talking for me and Chris, we're pieces of shit. I'm not going to say that about you, Jason, but it's we know we are. So to be able to do that and like actually make the shitty things that we like actually matter is pretty cool. It's, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So besides Megavisions and Scrubverse... Who are some of your favorite streamers right now? I'm going to veto that question <laughs> off of the interview list. <laughs> um, I mean, if I'm going to plug a few streamers, Miss um, Tapcat on Twitch is my wife. Um, of course. She's a, a Lego builder um, who's just honestly like taking off. Like uh, Miss Tapcat's like going to the moon with Lego, which is super cool to watch. Um, even if I wasn't. Now, she yeah. is she getting like reached out by Lego <clears throat> or anything like that yet? I don't know how much I can say. NDA. Gotcha. Um, That's all we needed to hear. That's you're good. You're I don't good. know how much I can. Say. I got my answer. Uh, I got I my answer. I would say that even if I wasn't like personally vested, um, her channel is super cool. She has like a great community community of people. So uh, she's she's really great. I mean, I I love all the food streamers. Uh, this is actually kind of a weird thing. There's so many communities that are competitive. I think, um, but the yes. food and drink community is so collaborative like i legitimately like everyone we all get along <laughs> we all talk to each other um we all have, like discord messages and like we hang out with each other and play games and stuff so at the you know i'm not gonna like just list all the food and drink streamers but 
food and drink on Twitch is like unbelievable. Everyone is super high quality, great people, awesome. So as far as like, let's just say all food and drink. <laughs> um, all food and all drink food and, and, and your wife. <laughs> and my wife, um, Chain Brain, is a fantastic Rocksmith streamer. He's a super okay. cool dude. Um, you know, there's there's so many like creative people on Twitch just doing stuff that is awesome, mm-hmm. but you're there because of the person. Right, you're there right. for the personality and the person. Um, so, there's there's a ton of people I like watching. It just kind of depends on my mood for the day. Gotcha. Hell yeah! What about uh, you recently, I've seen you. Oh, uh, what about us? Oh, well, I'm not used to getting asked the questions back. So. Is that allowed? Am I gonna? Am I gonna get? <laughs> no, no, that's perfectly fine. Am I gonna, get, like, am I gonna get suddenly fine. disconnected from the call? No, 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 no. no. Uh, I personally, so recently, I have a really big problem of watching big time streamers and I uh because it's so easy I like watching Maximilian dude I watch like watching Bruce Green uh I watch a lot of Mitch Flower Power uh Dragon Feeny but I'm trying to go down to like the small time smaller streamers I watch a lot of watching speed runs is really fun dude just watching them trying to get the, like specifically I watched one recently uh his name's Rupert he speed runs the uh, Mario All Stars collection, the 2D All Stars collection. Okay. And uh, and then Mitch Flower Power. I was watching a guy named Liam for a while that was uh, doing Super Mario 64, which Super Mario 64 speed runs are just always beautiful. And, They're insane. Uh, but no, uh, and then anyone that usually streams Monster Hunter, I go in and just try to hang out with them because I love Monster Hunter and all that stuff. Hmm. But I got big ones that I try to try to not watch as much, but that's what gotcha. I usually watch. Yeah. Speed, speed I mean, as amazing though. I mean, I like I never played Sekiro, but I was into Sekiro speedruns there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Souls, Bloodborne—that's my jam. So, mm-hmm. as far as like stuff that I watch, uh, smaller streamers, I watch Game Tracks. I watch Raijin Dragon. They're you know s- smaller streamers. Uh, those are like between them and Corey. Those are the ones I usually look salty into bet. first. And salty, <laughs> I love salty bet. <laughs> salty bet is like this. Um, it, it's it's literally like you're betting virtual money, but it's. Pre- uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the application. It's called uh, Mugen, and Mugen takes all of the characters. If you can make a fighting game model out of any IP and throw it into a game, you can make it fight. And the AIs fight each other, and they're at different levels and different tiers. And I've seen anime girls fight Goku, is what yes. I've seen. <laughs> and win. And win. Yeah, it's just like, because like there are, it's crazy. Like, Mugen is, that is definitely one where you're like, I got work to do, let me put this on in the background. Something exactly. Like that. That's that's what I do. It's like the Bob Ross channel or something like that. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as... As far as other things that I do, I I pay attention to a lot of fighting game streams mm-hmm. or streamers. So I, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of Say Jam, Brian F. He's top player in Street uh, Street Fighter Five. Deb, who is a top Guilty Gear player, he won Evo in 2019. He plays Soul, so I watch and oh, listen God. to a lot of uh, what he says. But like Omido, Tasty Steve, Kizzy K. Jay Wong, pretty much all the all the big fighting game guys. If any of my boys aren't on, that's usually where I default to. Yeah. Recently, I've seen you play a little bit of a Danganronpa, some Senua's Sacrifice. Dude. What are some of your favorite games going on right now? Dude, the Danganronpa franchise is amazing. What, what, a, what brings you to that franchise? <laughs> uh, one of our moderators is a game developer. 
and uh, okay. she's like, you guys might like this game. You should try it. I think I think it's because I played Doki Doki on stream, and hell yeah, like love like Doki Doki is like a top five game for me. Like I love what yeah. the literature club yeah. game. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah, I know the twists and everything about it too. Like I just the game is goofy as shit. Uh, no, that, no, that game, that game is like every itch for me. It's so good. Really? Yes. Yeah. No, it's really good. If you if you haven't, I know that you know Say, all the the plot twists. But like yeah. seriously, give yourself the opportunity. Just play through. It's saying that it you really like that game makes sense now about Dong and Rampa. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she was like, "You guys like Doki Doki? You should try." She's like, "I don't know if you'll like it, but I think you will. You should try Dong and Rampa." So there's a lot of games, aren't there? There's three in the main series, and then there's like kind of an adjacent one called Ultra Despair Girls. Um, okay. So we is it is that like a hack and slash? Not really, no, but it's... I don't really know how you describe Ultra Despair Girls. I didn't really like it. We got about halfway through it on stream, and then we just kind of collectively were like, is anyone having I'm fun done. with this? And the community <laughs> yeah. was like, no, we don't really like this. I was like, good, I don't like playing it. So we, we Chris, what was it. that? You and Grady, Grandia 3? Is that what it was? You were like, I'm I was playing the, the first Grandia, and I'm just like... I get to the halfway point, and I'm like, this game is just grating on me. Mm. And nobody's watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had the one guy that was just like telling yeah. me all the things, but it's like it's not like Legend of Dragoon. Yeah. You know, like you had I the human walkthrough there. Exactly. Like he wasn't even like looking at the book. He's he must have speed ran that game like <laughs> 50, 60 times. That was his fucking life. And like <laughs> you know, sorry to that kid, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> fuck it. No, what about send you a sacrifice? Because when I saw you play that, I'm just like, that's something fucking different that I haven't seen him Senua play. Send you a sacrifice. Yeah, right. uh, that game's unbelievable. Yeah. If you haven't played that game, uh, do it. That game is well. The, the sequel's coming out on the new Xbox, yeah, right? Very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that game no. really caught me off guard. I I actually started playing it. Um, one of my favorite streamers was playing it. And um, because I'm not clever, I was like, oh, I'll do that, too. Uh, so I started uh, so I started streaming it and uh, like just ran through the whole game. I think it took me like three streams to do the whole game. Uh, that game was unbelievable. Like it's, you know, my my like mid tier computer like did fine, like ran it great. Um, right. The game's beautiful, amazing and d- discusses um, mental health in like a very sort of like delicate but also brutal way if you kind of know what i mean where it's like we're not Mm. gonna shy away and like like look at mental health with like rose colored glasses like we're gonna confront it but we're not gonna like stigmatize it um which was i like mario and pokemon so (laughs) (laughs) um we just finished those recently i just i stayed up until 5 a.m last night uh finishing doom eternal yeah (laughs) That game's great. I love that game. I did a re- I did a review coming out soon on it, but I've played that game so many times, and there's a lot of people that are like, the debate of Doom 2016 versus Doom Eternal is always there, and I this is what I've been waiting it, for, and I talk about it a little bit, but Doom Eternal is yeah. Jason, so. why don't you tell him? Uh oh, dude, I've never uninstalled a game so hard in my life. What? <laughs> <laughs> you and Scotty I, both, man. I, I liked it. For the first few hours mm-hmm. and then 
it just became how do you disconnect 12, someone from a call it just became 12 <laughs> more hours of the same thing um okay and it yeah. turns into a platformer the game's a little like, long. why does it turn into a platformer all right <laughs> i'm excited to read all right you yeah I, I can, there i i do address some the, of the, the parts of the game of the that i liked I, I really liked and the parts of the game that i hated i almost didn't finish the game is it long the game's been out long enough for me to talk about the one yeah, thing that i'm upset about it the most i am so mad that i got cock teased with be, those mechs and never got in a mech to fight the sin the the not the sin eater but you know what i'm talking about at the end the icon of sin and i get it like you're the doom slayer why would you need a mech but but why is it there give me my don't don't tease me with all these mechs and then i don't there's a mech in your fortress and like you'd never do anything with it but i don't know maybe they'll explore that in the dlc so i I won't know because i uninstalled it and i have no desire to check out the dlc (laughs) fair enough to each that being own, said, like the like own. a lot of the gameplay is really fun, but I was just so put I off. I jumped the gun a little bit. I was just so, so put <laughs> off by like swing from these monkey bars and grab this ledge and Those are the worst parts of the game, I will say that. Yeah. What about the uh I know that you like Dung and Rampa. Mm-hmm. Uh have you ever played any of the um the Zero Escape games? Like uh Zero Time Dilemma, Virtue's Last Reward, nine nine nine. No, no. Okay, so I don't, I, I don't know if you have a, a PS4. I know it's on there. Let me check if it's on Steam. Um, Are these those escape room games that yes. I've been seeing about that you have to escape certain ways to get maximized points and stuff like that? Uh, it's not necessarily um, maximized points. So yeah, the the zero escape zero time dilemma. You can get the trilogy for like forty bucks. There's three mm-hmm. games involved. They're the the nonary games. That's what they are. But they're they're escape room style games i want to say that they're kind of similar to danganronpa it's got branching storylines okay cool uh there's three of them i think that they would be up your alley okay i quite enjoyed the first and the last one my wife liked the second one some of them are a little bit heavy on math which is what i excel at and then other ones are big on like details and colors and i'm colorblind so i can't see that shit and then the the last one is is kind of like the in between, but they're all they're all fairly fairly good. So if you're into those, if you're into that style of game, I would yeah. recommend that shit. We uh we've we've um, heard that the developer of Danganronpa has a new IP coming out, um, mm-hmm. and then we've also been recommended uh, Phoenix Wright and uh, yeah. like Persona. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's good. Well, to have funny enough, the the guy who made. Danganronpa made the Zero Escape games, mm. so yeah, I would say start with Persona Four if you ever do. So yeah, Persona Four, four is really huh? good. Yeah, yeah Four is pretty I like good. Four. None the of them happiest. like none of them link into each other, and they're they're all like fairly good. Cool. Yeah. Um, so outside of cooking, video games, streaming, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Dude, that's my whole life. Honestly. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> quickest question ever like, answered. <laughs> uh, you know, like I kind of alluded to, um, my wife and I, like our whole lives are online. Like we have day jobs, but you know, the, the whole rest of the time we're either streaming or we're supporting someone else, uh, someone else's stream or their project. Like we, like Twitch has just become such a big part of our lives or we're, we're planning a trip or kind of doing something that, you know, sort of like, what are your other hobbies? And it's like, well, all of our hobbies are kind of work, but we also love 
the work. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. it's, I don't know. I don't know if that's kind of like the balance more people are finding is like, if you, you know, if you like what you do, you never work, which is bullshit. It's like, it's still work, but you can, you can have fun <laughs> with it. So I think I love cooking, but it's work. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I mean, like I'll, I'll cook for money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. So I, and I, I don't mean to cut you no, off, no. but before I forget it, that's what's the problem I'm having right now is I know that there will be internships for grades at one point and I'm going to talk to them and be like, look, I am 32 years old. I understand that the internships are there for me to learn, but I don't do nothing for free. Like internships are just a glorified free labor for a lot of places. And if you're doing work, you should get paid for it. Like it's the whole getting paid and exposure. If you're an artist, like get that right out the door, man. Like that's stupid. So I think that in like towards the end of the curriculum that I'm doing, there might be some headbutting there that we're going to have to come to terms on something. There. Yeah, there, there mm. might be, um, being that it's being that it's part of your education, that's probably how they get around like labor laws. The idea of oh, yeah. like staging, which is an unpaid internship essentially, or even more accurately, like a stage in a kitchen is a working application where you go work for free for right. a day, a week, a month, whatever. And the sort of expectation is if you do a good job and they like you, then they'll hire you. Um, that tradition has kind of been going away, not just because of COVID, but because labor laws are starting to go, you you can't do you that. You can't do that, yeah. Um, which, I mean, yeah. it's not like restaurants, you know, care but yeah um, yeah. i mean i'd be used i remember working in restaurants and like people are like you didn't get a break today like talking to people outside of work i'm like what are you talking about they're like no you're you're mandated like by the labor law to have a 30 minute off the clock lunch and like two 15 minutes i'm like not no you know food service is completely different doesn't happen this was back when i used to smoke there i was like i got two cigarette breaks that's and they were like three minutes Mm -hmm. while i could watch the grill from the door Mm -hmm. like that's about all it was So it's crazy, but I'm. It's good to see the the culinary world and the food service world is changing dramatically. Yeah, and not just because of COVID, but like just like you said in the labor laws and way things are handled. Kitchens aren't as uh, aggressive as they used to be. Right. Like right, which is because like a lot of times if you couldn't hang, I would tell, and I had this mentality for a long time. If you couldn't hang in a kitchen, get the fuck out. Like. I paid my dues. These guys and women paid their dues. If you're mad because, you know, something, you know, someone didn't like the way that you could, you prepared something, like, get out. And, like, but that's going away, which I think is a good thing. It is a good thing. That kind of, like, masochistic culture of yes. kitchens, um, that definitely did appeal to me initially. You know, it's a big part of what got me interested in cooking was kind of that me idea too. of, yeah. you know, kitchens are like pirate ships, right? Yeah. I, I mean, they're called brigades. They're called brigades. So. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I could not be happier that it's changing because I think that kitchen yeah. culture, even the, the same culture that initially was so attractive to me, is disgusting. Um, it's it's oh, not 100%. it's not a good environment to be in. I like and I've, I've worked in generally pretty like upstanding kitchens. I've had things thrown at me. I've been called names, you know, like, yeah. uh, like I've, I've had a lot of the bad stuff happen to me and it's, it's just not the right way to run a business. Uh, it's just terrible. It makes you feel bad as an employee. It yep. makes you feel bad when you're a manager and you hear about some of that stuff happening. 
it's just not a good place to be in. So I couldn't be happier that it's changing and uh, it needs to change faster in my opinion. And and I'll tell you a lot of the, I mean a lot. So I will say that a lot of restaurants have been going under recently one, because they're not changing with the times of COVID, but two, because they are stuck in the old school mentality of that's how their kitchens are ran and they can't get employees. So their kitchen eventually gets shut down. I mean, you even see big chefs like Gordon Ramsay, and I keep bringing him up all the time, but Gordon Ramsay used to be that guy where he would throw a pot or he used to work in, you know, French uh, uh, restaurants where I think I was reading something once where he said like a dead chicken would come back to life because I would see it flying across the <laughs> kitchen because it was being thrown. Yeah, Marco Pierre uh, but... was uh, kind of a nightmare, apparently. Oh, oh, yes, yes, definitely. And uh, but it's good to see that even uh, high high end chefs and celebrities like him are actually changing with the times. So his whole stance on vegetarian and veganism has changed as well, mm-hmm. which is a really good thing. So it's but I will say that people like you and me, we're still going to have the like in the back of our head to be like, I know what it used to be. So I know what I can handle in the kitchen. And I don't know. I will see newer chefs and stuff come in that won't ever have experienced that. And I'm just like, I wonder if you would be able to handle it in a kitchen like that back in the day. But yeah. keep it in your brain. Don't actually do it. Yeah, in real that life. is an interesting perspective. I, I, I completely understand what you mean when you're kind of like, where do you get off asking for a break? But then you're like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No. <laughs> like you absolutely We need should. those. Yeah. Like we need them. Like it's like that. Like why is this coming out of yeah, me, yeah, back? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Or just to be like, let's see if you could actually hang. And like, right, no, don't do right, that. Right. <laughs> yeah, kitchens are. So- uh, Kitchens are really tough, and even with great leadership, they're still tough. Just that great leadership makes it better, makes it easier. The work itself is yeah. still hard, but um, if the culture is killing you, get out. Like your your restaurant's yeah, gonna it's die. Yeah, not for you. Yeah, but a good leadership will. The work is still gonna be hard, but the culture will be rewarding. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big part of it. And a big part of rewarding good culture is just paying people you know like restaurant workers are paying them criminally underpaid um in some cases literally and uh it's like (laughs) yeah you know it's just dumb like restaurants are a huge huge business you know we could do things so much better but there's just that that reluctance to raise your prices because you think people won't come to your restaurant and like you've said before there will there's going to be tons of new restaurants opening in the wake of covid because there are so many that went under mm-hmm. and people are still going to need to eat. So like it is, it's a bad situation that we're in, but it's also a good situation if you're wanting to get into the field and make, instead of like me, I don't want to work in a kitchen owned by somebody else. I want to have exactly. my own kitchen, yep. which is the food truck. So like, and uh, dude, if you were like a venture capitalist in the restaurant space, like right now, oh, you are going dude. to print money in the next few years. Yes. Sorry, me and me and Jason are just going on tangents. Chris is just kind of sitting <laughs> no, in the back right now. It's fine. I've been looking forward I'm to chilling. this all week because I knew me and Jason were just gonna shit like not shit talk, but like bullshit about this stuff. So, no, it's all good. That's that's I'm gonna. That's all I got right now. So. <laughs> oh, that's that's the pause. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll cool. Pause. Well, wrapping this Q and A up, uh, Jason, we'll start with you. What have you been up to this week? Boy, this week uh, we kind of had a quiet week on stream. I uh, took a little, let's see, what day did we take off? It all just runs together for me. I think it was Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we took Sunday off. Um, Just, you know, just life gets in the way, stuff happens. 
Um, but this week's just been kind of normal, kind of quiet. Um, you know, stuff's going okay. Just, uh, just kind of having a normal. Sorry, it's not a very exciting answer, but just. Uh, I mean, no, you already kind of went into it recently week, yeah. when you were talking about your video games and all that stuff. Yeah, so, just no. shitting on your favorite game. No big deal. <laughs> I would rather somebody shit on one of my favorite games than everyone say I agree with you Corey it is a good game you need to have opposing sides yeah. in order to even have a discussion so I well that's because that. you thrive on conflict like there's definitely people in there that want to have their big dick ego stroked when they say their opinion and it's just like the second that you bring in any sort of confrontation not saying any names, they immediately fucking either crumble or they get painfully defensive. Well, see, 10 years ago, that was me. I would just be like, shut up, you're wrong. Shut up, you're wrong. But after at least, I mean, that was 22. Now that I'm 32, I'm just like, especially doing the podcast for over a year, I'm just like, someone will be like, and I'm not going to get really far into it, but even with politics, I'm just like, someone's like, this is what I believe. And I'm like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. they're like well that's it's just what i believe i'm like no, no no no, you have to have a reason behind the way you feel or why you like something or why you dislike something and that is what i'm starting to realize that a lot of people don't want to have those discussions to even talk to like validate what they do or don't like that's the maturity dude yeah i think a big part of that is you have to know the why and even if you don't explain it to me you have to know why it is for you um exactly right. you know like you you don't just get to feel some way but don't know why it's like you don't have to tell me but you should know why you feel yeah, that way. like you don't have to ex- try to persuade me but make sure you know why you right. feel that way like you know a big part of the stream for me is like we we talk about serious things while also like you know like we joke around stuff too but a big part of the culture of um the community is we can talk about serious things because there's enough respect for each other that even if you disagree, Maturity. we can still talk about it and we can still have a discussion. And at the end of it, even go, I still think you're wrong, but I still love you. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, so we've had some people come in and of course, um, with politics in the U S it's, it's been, uh, <laughs> it's the greatest of the world. <laughs> so, you know, we have some people come in and they try to say like, oh, are you watching the debate or what do you think of so-and-so? And for me, it's like, I'm pretty open about my politics I'm streaming, so no, I'm not. <laughs> well, I mean, but to me, I'm like, I'm pretty yeah. open about my politics. Like, if you watch my channel and kind of hear what I have to say about right, most right. things, I think you can make a pretty good guess about where I stand. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, but I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you think I'm right or if you disagree with me. What matters is that we get along. Like, you can still come in and be like, I'm voting so-and-so because I think they're right, whatever. Cool, I don't want you to come in and, like, just spout your platform. But if you come in and say, yeah. like, this is what matters to me, this is why I think this, 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 and we can have a respectful discussion, great. Like, you're welcome right. to have a different opinion than me. Like, what you're saying, it's like having different opinions makes the world go round, right? It's like it, it's what yeah. makes things interesting. So I certainly don't want to have a community of people who are just like, whatever Jason says You don't want right, yes men's. Whatever he believes, that's, you know, whatever he says to vote, that's how I'm going to vote. Not that we would do that anyway. But, like, right. you can disagree just cool with it you know like you don't have to call people names and you don't have to be you don't have to be a dick about it but it's fine to disagree about stuff me -hmm. and chris we disagree on a lot of things but we still meet up every week to do a podcast and we still hang out with each other i mean 
can't really think of a lot of things we disagree on now that I think back to it. Making making you out to be a liar. You'll probably know. <laughs> oh, we could go into it like, I don't know. Another oh, game. I love Scott Pilgrim, the movie, and you don't. So <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. But we have, there's reasons. And if you want to listen to that, go listen to one of our older podcasts to figure it out. So Going back to the what you said earlier about knowing the reasons why you like or dislike something. I mean, like, I think that's a little bit easier for us. I know Corey, you're just starting to get into it, but like Jason, you were a food critic. You wrote for a newspaper. I've been writing about video games even before mega visions when I was uh, using destructoid, you know, I was on destructoid for a year writing fucking chronicles on like picking up old school video games and shit like that. You have to know why you like or, or dislike something like that. So no, I get it. I resonate with it. I got you. But yeah, cool. Corey, what have you been up to this week? All right. So uh, I finally got, I talked, I spieled about your present to me last week, but my presents, uh, my birthday present from Scotty and, uh, and Rachel came in and I, I couldn't be more happier with it. So they, they got me a card. I'm going to show you guys this, which is going to be great for audio listeners. But they got me a card, and on the front of it says, Corey is old. And then when I open it up, it had uh, the card reads, Sorry about your lost youth. Congrats on being old. Love, Scotty and Rachel. Nice. And uh, there was a $20 Steam gift card in it. So thank you for that. I was told, I was instructed on how to open these gifts. So the first one was the card. I was then instructed to open this one, which is... Sonic R on Windows ni- uh Windows what is it? It's for the PC when it's it like first It's like Windows came out. 98 or yeah. Windows 2000, dude. Still in plastic, so and Scotty was like that's a gag joke and I'm like surprise motherfucker, I actually like this having it on my shelf. So I haven't even opened it yet. And then so the thing that got me and I I checked my mail, I was about to drive off to go get groceries, I believe. And I so I pulled back into my driveway to open the gifts. And uh, I got this for anyone that can't see. I mean, that I it's a Panzer Paladin case for Switch. I did a review about it. I actually absolutely love the game. And I thought about it when I looked at it. I was like, man, I don't think this got a physical release. Like, what the hell is this going on? And then I opened it up, and it says it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that one got me. Got me a real good laugh out of me on that one. But then the actual gift was a copy of Dynamite Cop on Dreamcast. So uh, I was really happy with this. Scotty, uh, I believe the case and the manual are repros, but he said the actual disc is the actual disc. So, nice. Shout-outs to them. Thank you for getting me those I gifts. You guys it. absolutely didn't have to. But uh, let me pull up my Word document because I wrote down my week stuff. Uh, what we else got, did I oh, do? Oh, we got this to play week? Among Us together last week. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's we what did. I was about to Someone out. was bound to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, so we got to do more of that. It's Chris is really the one that took the reins on this. Like, Chris was the one that was like, I got this person, I got this person, I got this person. Who did you get? And I was like, I got one person. <laughs> so, but no, Among Us is great. I only got Imposter twice, which sucks because in that first that first half of that stream i was learning about the game because i never played it before but no we got to do more of those uh jason for some reason always had a vendetta out against me every time it wasn't so. that he <laughs> jason's play style is so counter to what Everyone i'm used watches to. me play that game and then they talk shit about how i play among us <laughs> even my wife you play right such now. a chaotic like wild card yeah, like you fun. don't give I, 
I get it. Like, I get the reason why. Like, I'm competitive. I'm always playing to win. So, like, even when you and I were on the team, <laughs> I was thinking in my mind, yo, he's an imposter. He's going to back me up because we want to win. And I'm just like, he saw me pass through admin. He's like, I didn't fucking see you pass through admin. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> Honestly, maybe I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> no, I just, no, that I just love great. messing with everyone in that game. My, If you play with me, um, one of my favorite tricks is as a crewmate, I'll just stand on a vent until you because everyone goes wait what everyone freaks out they go what what are you what why are you standing on that i'm like because i can't do the task there's no reason i can't but oh it oh it makes people so nervous when you stand on a vent it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. maybe i'm just cool in my feet who knows i will say that zombie hunter was zombie hunter and chris were probably and probably diggy were the the three stars out of the 10 we were uh, out of the 10 people we were playing yeah but uh kiki's running that whole i'm dumb and don't know the game for too long and well I was like, that's y'all because this. y'all gave her the reins to to fucking do that i, I called her about halfway through i said y'all gotta stop letting her have this because then nah, she killed get four one, people hour, in one round in. i don't know how to play mm. bullshit <laughs> kiki. no you bullshit. get one you get you, you get, get one. one that's you it get the first round i did feel bad for h2o though because like I called him. He was, he had, he was the imposter, and he had stopped. Like someone had launched one of the, uh, what is it called, the, the sabotages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he stopped walking and then did it. And I was like, he's an imposter right away. <laughs> I knew. And he was like, I can't play with ten people. This is. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm super excited. I think uh, we can get a crew of ten, or yeah, I mean, even if we got a crew of like four to ten, we could still Ooh, play that. Four's, four's a little low. Four's a little tough. Force tough, but you can only do one imposter with that one. Yes. So I would probably want like six to ten, probably. I think you need at least. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could probably do six. I think you need at least eight. Yeah. I think eight, eight, eight's, yeah. eight's the safe number. You can still it's run more two fun imposters. with two imposters. Apparently, yeah. some people run three imposters. That's kind of rough. Is it? That's really okay. rough. Two, two is a magic number. And then, like, people complain about not having visual tasks on. Because I started playing without visual tasks, and then I started playing games with visual tasks, and I got called out for my bullshit. Like, standing on the med scanner. And so it's just like, you you lied-ass bitch. You've been standing on that for eight seconds. And I'm like, yeah, because I was doing it. And I was just like, there's no, there's no animation. I'm like, what? <laughs> what animation? Oh I, oh, I didn't know you could turn those off either. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I set it up so that it is the most cryptic way Basically. of play. Does not confirm whether or not you're the imposter. No visual cues. The sight of the crewmates is really, really low, whereas the imposters can pretty much see everything. Because when you play the game, the imposter already has a lot of advantages anyway. So how do you stop that? You make the kill counter relatively high. I know that that was somebody had commented. It was just like it takes a really long time. No, not just the respawn, but like to be able to kill somebody. 30 seconds is or 45 seconds, whatever we had it set to is, is relatively high because it's already stacked against the crewmates as it is because there's so many assets that an imposter gets. So, but that, that was fun. I want to, I want to make that maybe not a weekly thing, maybe a bi-weekly thing. I had a lot of fun with that one. I think right now you could probably get away with it doing weekly because the hype's so real for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you could probably cut it down to bi-weekly, like a twice a month. Dude, the numbers on Twitch are insane. 
Yeah. Well, last no, week crazy. was Among Us. This week is Genshin Impact. So <laughs> that's another one. Fucking goddamn. We'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, I I I guest starred on H two O stream a couple times because Fall Guys season two came out, and uh, that shit is awesome. Fall Guys season two, like I I that twenty dollar gift card for Steam. I used it on $15 worth of costumes and stuff for season two. (laughs) So, uh, no, they've implemented. So there's like, I guess, a weekly different kind of game mode. And this week is all gauntlets. So it takes out team games. And, well, it's only gauntlets. So it's only the ones where you have to run to the end. So like Tiptoe, Seesaw, Whirly Gig, Wall Climb, which is one of the new ones. Uh, I think there's one called Night. I can't remember what it's called, but... No, and then the final one is always Fall Mountain, and Fall Mountain is my jam. So I was able to get a couple crowns on there, and uh, so far I'm really liking it. What's the count and, up to? Uh, I think with that, I haven't been playing as much, but I think I got like two more crowns just from that mode. Okay. But just getting, not having to be like, because Zombie Hunter was playing with us when it was that gauntlet, because we played right after we played Among Us on Thursday. And I was like, oh, man, we got 14. We're going to a fall ball. He goes, there's no – I'm trying to do his accent. Hold on. He goes, there's no fucking fall ball. So <laughs> She's from fucking Boston. Boston and New York, man. That's that's an insane accent. So, mm-hmm. But, no, it's really, really fun. I'm excited to play more work, and school's been a little crazy. But uh, we were going to do our Super Mario 64 stream uh, on last Tuesday, but we had some stuff come up. Me particularly that uh, I had to cancel that stream, so that's still maybe not this week because I think Chris has to has a last minute review that he has to do <laughs> that he didn't know about. So yeah, so uh, we started using, and by starting I mean like I'm a month and a half late on knowing that Megavision started using this uh, management app called Asana because the month of September was absolutely ins- absolute insanity for me every single year. That's our closeout for the government and shit like that. So I go in there, and it's it's actually really fucking cool. I don't know if, if you've seen it. Um, I didn't get an Corey. invite yet. I need, to, um, I need to get in there. But it pretty much breaks down everything section by section, showing what page is what, and you know you should put up your drafts, and everyone will get like the screenshots that you want. And then I'm scrolling towards the bottom, and I see fucking Castlevania Symphony of the Night assigned to Chris. And I'm like, fucking <laughs> That's not a short when? game. No, it's not. <laughs> So next week, uh, I'm going to have to put my, my stupid little Sonic tier list on hold and mm. play Symphony of the Night all week, which is fine. I know it's a good game. So. I mean, what's great is it's, it's October, so it coincides exactly. with it perfectly. Everything links so, up. So. <laughs> yep. But no, Fall Guys Season 2, if you've been on the fence about, like, because Fall Guys Season 1, you're just like, all right, everyone's kind of done with it now. Fall Guys Season 2 is fun as hell. Uh, you should jump back into it. The medieval costumes are really fun. They're giving more crowns in the season pass than they are kudos this time. So, I mean, back in season one, you would hit certain levels and you would get a crown. There's one level where you hit a certain level, you get three crowns just for having, like, playing the game. So they're rewarding that more. But no, Fall Guys is, uh, season two is great. And then the other thing noteworthy, we uh, yesterday, me and my wife partook in some things, and then we just watched horror movies all day. And we watched, uh, we said that, but we didn't even get to sit down and actually watch a movie until like 7 o'clock last night. And we watched the old uh, Psycho movie, the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. And uh, that movie still holds up. Like, I was watching it while doing homework, and 
it's still creepy. Just some of the best dialogue exchanges I've seen, like when it's uh, the two when it's Norman Bates and uh, I can't remember her name in the movie, but it's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, the woman that actually spoilers gets killed in the shower. Before that, they're having a uh, a, a dialogue that is really really good because Norman Bates just kind of looks like a uh, just like a normal average Joe guy working at a hotel, but then you start seeing things like the way he talks and gets defensive and all that stuff, and it's still. It's still good. Uh, we're actually going to watch Psycho 2, which, surprisingly enough, there are four Psycho movies, if you guys don't know about that. Is there Psycho is... the same movie as American Psycho? Like, the thing no. where he, like, everyone's no, no, no. comparing the, the business cards and that's shit like that? No, 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 no. Movies, no, no, that's a good one. But, no, Psycho is the black and white, like, old movie. It's It has no correlation with American Psycho. But, uh, no, there was Psycho 1, 2, 3, and then I think there was a showtime movie like for psycho i think it was like psycho new beginning or something like that there was a failed tv series and then there was a successful tv series called bates hotel or bates motel and uh but then there was the remake that has vince vaughn and Hache, julianne moore and uh vigo morrison was uh, it a comedy no this was a one-to-one recreation of psycho in the 90s and it is terrible do not watch that version (laughs) my only trivia in that movie and this is i'm gonna get pretty vulgar with this is for some reason they decided to keep two frames of ann hesh's asshole in that movie you can actually if you pause it when she falls over out of the tub from dying from being stabbed you can see it and thank you kevin smith for being able to bringing that to my attention so yeah no, that movie is really, really bad. But the original one uh, from 1960s is still really good. So It's crazy. But we were supposed to be watching a horror movie every night of October. That's the first one we watched so far. <laughs> so we start. are way behind. Yeah, we got – I got a whole list of ones that I haven't seen yet that I want to watch and then some recurring favorites, which are like Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead – I think she wants to watch Lost Boys. We might watch The Birds. That's one of her favorite ones. From Dust Till Dawn is top tier. Like that, my favorite George Clooney role ever. Selma Hayek. <laughs> Selma that's, that's, Hayek. That's a Quint- badass bitch. I don't give a Tom fuck. Tom Savini, Quentin Tarantino, all that stuff. That's got one of my favorite lines in it. He goes, "I don't fucking believe in vampires, but I believe my eyes, and what I saw was fucking vampires." So <laughs> it's it's really really good. It's surprisingly is, enough, everyone's that movie takes a, a wild turn. <laughs> that's the movie because the first half of it, you're like, this is a cops and robber movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what this is. Halfway through, it's like vampires. You're like, what the fuck? All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it as a kid, and I was like, all right, this is crazy. But no, it was it's really really good. Uh, no, we got some other ones too. I bought Get Out years mm-hmm. ago. Haven't watched it yet. I want to watch Midsommar with my wife because I know how Midsommar ends and I want to see her reaction to mm, it. Mm-hmm. So Midsommar is a very bright, happy horror movie, which is really, really weird. So, no, there's a big list of movies, old ones, too. I'm, I had never seen Lost Boys until last year when she made me. She sat me down and watched it, and I was like, God, this movie's so good. So, uh, yeah, that's what we got going on there. But no, that's basically my week. Nice. Besides I'll keep, work and school. I'll keep my shit short. I'm still on the hate train for Sonic 06. Fuck that game. Fuck that game into oblivion. <laughs> it's getting its own tier. Uh, that is like the tier where I put my nutsack in its mouth or like 
the teabag tier. Exactly. Like, I want to... I, I don't even think that Yuji Naka was part of it, but I want to beat Yuji Naka for, like, <laughs> not not fixing that. Like, not being there to make sure that that shit doesn't happen. Oh, my fucking God. I've never played a game that infuriates me like Sonic fucking 6. I told you it was going to I am bad, so man. glad I'm not playing it this week. Just put it out there like that. Um, but on Mega Visions, I did some Sonic on the Sega Master System. It's the OG Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic Chaos. All of those games have Game Gear ports. Significantly better. It's different music, by the way. Like, surprisingly good music, especially coming out of uh, Sonic Chaos. Chaos is surprisingly short, but for, for what it is, they're, they're decent games. It's questionable level design on Sonic 2, but nonetheless, like, they're... They're relatively decent games. Sonic Chaos kind of holds up today. I'm not going to say like really, but like the remake is going to do it justice. That's all I can really say on that. And then besides yeah. that, last night, the plan was to, to stream Guilty Gear Strive press conference yesterday in the Discord. But then I got a call from the guys that run the official Discord for Guilty Gear. And it was like, hey, jump in. Let's do a stream or some stupid yeah. shit like that. So I jumped in with them and that was actually a blast. It was it was really, really good. Um, that new character looks real good. Yeah, Giovanna, that's yeah. she she is a KOF character. She is King of Fighters. She is she is sexy. Like I am yeah. all about dark skin punch girls with dogs, man. That's <laughs> I don't touch anything lighter than a Tootsie roll and that Ooh. is up my alley. <laughs> Well, the be the sexiest thing was that Anji tease. Yo, Anji being teased, that's crazy. They did that for shock value, though. They 100% oh, yeah. did that for shock value. Uh, I'm fine with it. Base roster is supposed to be um, 15 characters plus, you know, DLC later on down the road. I mean, it is what it is. That's what we're coming to. Mm -hmm. But biggest surprise to come out of it, there's going to be a tag team system i saw that i didn't watch there. the video yet but i saw the comments about that yeah so i we were watching the official stream and i'm just like did soul just throw out kai as an assist that's nuts so if they're gonna be doing like some some marvel vs. capcom shit that's i am meta shit i am totally there for that that is sick as fuck show off the characters more that'll do it exactly so i it's it's a good trailer um, there's a new beta that's supposed to be coming out in January, which is around the same time that Anji is supposed to have his like official trailer. And then there's one more character that's supposed to come out. Um, some people are saying that they're expecting Biken to show up. I doubt it. Biken and Anji in the same game. Not, not so. base. Not, not now. No, not base. Biken so, got in the last one and she was great. So <laughs> some people would disagree with you, but that's fine. I don't character aesthetic wise. She love was great. Biken. Biken is great. Uh, yeah. It comes out April 6th, so that is – I have a no later date to get a PlayStation 5 by April 6th. I'll get it on PlayStation 4. Hopefully there's crossplay. There is crossplay between 4 and 5. So, Oh, I was going to – while we're doing this, uh, did you know that it is the 20th anniversary of Hybrid Theory this year? Hybrid th – why do I know that? Linkin Park. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. I was wondering if they might do some kind of re-release of the vinyl, which would be amazing. That would be like ideal. Like getting re-releases of both Hybrid Theory and uh and Meteora. Meteora. That would be the best because those vinyls are like two hundred plus dollars a pop. Like they're yeah. insane. 
like I spend money on stupid shit. Uh, for vinyls, I'm like uh, $100, $150 is kind of my limit on shit. I'm still mad about the fucking Dance with the Dead B-sides. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, well, if, I, if I find something, I'll let you know. Because that does not... Well, I'm just mad because of the re-release, and I didn't know about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, late. yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. that's rough. Um, if, I, if I find another copy, because that does not go on sale very frequently at all, uh, no. I'll let you know. Actually, I might have just... Hold on. I need to change cameras again. Change the camera up again. Yeah, I chat. That I... 20 fucking years. It's been 20 years since fucking Hybrid Theory came out. Yeah, so SiriusXM's Channel 41, which is usually like their hard rock uh, of the 90s and early 2000s and all that, uh, it's all, it's Linkin Park, like, for like two weeks straight. Like, it's music that's related to Linkin Park as well, but there's a lot of live stuff that they're playing from Linkin Park shows. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably playing a lot of, like, Trapped and a lot of other new metal. well... It's been a lot. Like they do sprinkle some in. Like uh, I haven't specifically heard trap. Nothing face. But uh, it's more. I hear more of it's just like a lot of Lincoln Park. Like they're showing off a lot of the stuff. And there's like interviews with the bandmates and all that stuff. So that shit's cool. I wish I was still that big of a uh, a Lincoln Park fan. They just became, especially towards the end. They were just like, I was like, no. I, I really feel bad because it got to the point where I was like, is there a new Transformer movie? That means there's a new Lincoln Park <laughs> album. Uh, it, was, it was really just like every other album that they came out or that did come out is when I paid attention because I knew that they, they had a rubber band effect. I'm, not, I'm actually not too high on Hybrid Theory. It's, it's a decent album, probably like the middle of the line for me. I love Meteora and I hated Minutes to Midnight. And then I love. I like specific songs off of Minutes to Midnight. Well, yeah, I mean, like they're okay, but as as a complete, like Given Up's really good. I really like that song. Yeah, Bleed It Out's fairly decent. Bleed Out's fine, but that's about it for me. Then I really loved A Thousand Suns. I know I get shit for that all the fucking time. I love A Thousand Suns. I gave that album a lot of shit until I sat down and listened to a lot of it, and I was like, "Yo, this is really fucking good." Yeah, Hunting Party is fairly good too. But Living Things was the, and... Was that the Assassin's Creed one? Didn't they make an Assassin's Creed video? Or oh, dude, I have no fucking clue. I have no clue if they did. But All right, you love you love China and everything about China, so you get to take the first Whoa, video. Those... The first... <laughs> I, I like China and their culture. I'm not a fan of their politics. But let's talk about a game <laughs> that I am constantly being tempted into playing because Genshin Impact does look really fucking cool even though they rip everything from not yeah. just like breath of the wild but like they also have characters that are like explicitly based off of virgil like they have virgil's move set from devil may cry 5 um sounds about right i mean it's a gotcha game i don't you, you can say that it's inspired but the thing is the gameplay is good you know the the big thing that i'm not really yeah. fond of when thinking about downloading it or jumping into it is that it's got a a kernel level anti-cheat system very similar to the denuvo bullshit that was going on with doom eternal and that's Mm -hmm. why i'm not i'm not touching that just yet Uh, plus i'm not really fond of giving my money to the ccp that's a that's another thing but uh 
let's let's go into Genshin Impact's sensors on any mention of Hong Kong and Taiwan plus extra. Uh, Genshin Impact is a free-to-play and wildly successful action RPG and has pulled off the largest ever global launch of a game from Chinese developers within the last week. Uh, in many ways, it feels like it's the future of gaming, for better or worse, and the latest development lands squarely on the worst pile. Genshin Impact is censoring any mention of the Hong Kong or Taiwanese regions. Uh, Genshin Impact comes from China-based developers MiHoYo, which is previously known for its mobile gacha games such as Honkai Impact 3rd. Its newest title is a leap forward that took the world by storm, raking in millions of dollars and quickly inspiring a fan base with its forward-looking mix of high-quality open-world gameplay and microtransaction monetization. The game's success now has a dark tinge since fans have noticed that the words Hong Kong, or any variation thereof, and Taiwan are now banned. Fun fact, Donkey Kong is also banned. You can't say Donkey Kong <laughs> in Genshin Impact. I wonder if you, I wonder if you can say Conky Dong. <laughs> probably get around that one. <laughs> uh, players reportedly are not being able to use those words in chat on social media, and Motherboard has confirmed that they cannot be used in the player's profile signature. Other phrases like Stalin, Hitler, Putin, and Falun Gong are also censored. Instead, the prompt appears to say signature contains illegal characters. Corey, are you familiar with Falun Gong? That was the one I am not familiar with. Falun Gong is a new age movement that started in China in the late 90s, but they've moved their headquarters to Deer Park, New York. Because the the Chinese government is trying to crack down. It's like some pseudo-Christianity bullshit. And they are like super pro Trump, like super. Of pro course Trump. they are. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, it, it's it's fucking it's fucking wild. Uh, I think the translation is like the wheel of destiny. It's like some some wild and crazy bullshit. The wheel is turning. <laughs> <laughs> Dual one. The wheel of fate is turning. Hong Kong <laughs> is a hotbed of pro democracy protests as the Chinese government encroaches on its autonomy, passing a highly controversial security law in May that bans any act or activity that runs counter to the government's priorities. China also considers Taiwan to be under its control, despite the latter's self-governance and the claim to independence. Genshin Impact censorship is likely due to the fact that game developers in mainland China must adhere to the government's mandated rules that block any potentially subversive activity. It's bound to raise further concern about the intersection of increasing Chinese politics, uh, repression, and the growing importance and influence of China both as a market and a development hub for popular games. Last year, US-based Activision Blizzard kicked off an international incident by suspending a professional player and rescinding their winnings after expressing support for Hong Kong after winning Hearthstone's Asia-Pacific Grandmasters Tournament. U.S. senators spoke up against the company's actions and eventually reduced the penalties against the player and apologized. Beyond that, media violence laws in China also pushed developers PUBG, the developers of PUBG, to change the killing animations to taking a knee and waving goodbye. This is due to the media laws in China that says that any grotesque form of sex or crimes being committed or violence must be toned down. YouTube began censoring phrases in select regions that insult the Chinese Communist Party. Also last year, Red Candle Games, the developers of Taiwanese game Devotion, pulled the title from the Steam store after Chinese users negatively rated the game for included a poster that said Jing Jinping, Winnie the Pooh moron. 
Uh, it is a popular subversive meme in China to compare President Xi Jinping to the tubby cartoon bear. A spokesperson for MiHoYo was not immediately available for comment, but Western fans are obviously not pleased, with some going as far as to no longer stream or post about the game on social media. That's the way to take care of it right there. That's that's the way. Uh, no, nah, I mean, I'm not surprised is what I am what I can say. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to the point where this is just like the status quo to expect anything from China unless there's like serious regime change, which they're China is such a weird entity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's it's it's like on the surface from where everyone is looking at China. Um, they see like this this extreme rising power in Jinping, like w- ruling with an iron fist. When in reality, it's not really like that. Um, no, there's not, a not at all. There's a saying in in China where it's like the uh, the the governor is far away and the trees are tall. So whatever they don't see, they don't give a shit about. And that's why there's there's a lot of corruption in China, but there's a lot of people who just also don't give a shit about the way that the CCP runs things unless the actual headquarters starts coming down and trying to crack down on shit. So, China is asshole. <laughs> <laughs> kinda. I mean, it's it. I don't want that to be a reflection on the people because that's not fair. But I mean, well, yeah, true. It's yeah. just the Chinese uh, government is the real asshole, right? I mean. I want to make it clear, like, for every one thing that we talk about China, there is, like, two or three things that we could talk shit about in the United States. It's just none of it really impacts video games, and that's what we're here to talk about. That's why they're always on my shit list. I will say that I kind of like, like, I saw the video in PUBG of the person dying and just handing them a box and then waving, and then they disappear. (laughs) Peace out. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's funny. Because PUBG is such a funny, goofy game to begin with. Mm. To have that level of, like, Call of Duty murders and shit like that. Like, that's the one time where the censoring, I'm kind of like, okay, this is kind of funny. Like, I like this. This might... It's the same thing if Fortnite did that, too. Right. So, but at the end of the day, it's just the goofy, shitty Chinese government censoring that, like, you can't really blame the creators of Genshin Impact because they did what they had to do. Uh, What is it? Mi Hoyo? to make sure that their game could go out. It's not their fault, and it's really not the fault to any of the fucking developers. They're doing what they have to do in order to make a fucking living. I get it. Right. I'm just, yo, don't don't limit free speech, man. That's just what it comes down to. That's right. That's right. That is right. Anyway. Man, there's so many articles in this one that we were talking about that I'm like, we've covered that. We've Mm -hmm. covered that. We've covered that. We cover a lot of the... The Chinese stuff that's going on. So once you've been around for longer than a year, you start to realize everything is connecting, and you kind of get mm-hmm. desensitized to everything. It all starts like working in a history, like history starts working in a pattern, yep. and all that shit. So, all right. So the next story that we have is Sony reaffirms their stance on the PlayStation 5's backwards compatibility. Over the weekend, Hideki Nishino, I think I said that name right reached out to the PlayStation community to discuss some of the most frequently asked questions, largely around the backwards compatibility of the PlayStation 5. When asked about the scale of games playable from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, Nishino stated that more than 99% of the games available on PlayStation 4 will be playable on newer hardware. He also stated that the condition of your library should be a major factor in what model 
of PlayStation, you, uh, PlayStation 5, you decide to purchase. The PS5 Digital Edition will only support PlayStation 4 titles that have been purchased on the digital storefront, while the PS5 with the, uh, with the Ultra Blu-ray disc drive will be equipped to handle both. And in your parentheses, you say, no shit. So <laughs> Which, that that's, that is kind of just like, duh. Like, that's why you have the two options, right. but whatever. Uh, he also promised that P- uh, PlayStation 5 will support PlayStation 4's VR experience, remote play, and save data transfers. Of the games that are not backwards compatible, they include uh, DWVR, Afro Samurai 2 Revenge of Kuma Volume 1, TT Isle of Man, Ride on the Edge 2, Just Deal With It, Shadow Complex Remastered, Robinson the Journey, We Sing, Hitman Go Definitive Edition, Shadwin, and Joe's Diner. It is expected that the list will expand. Uh, man. Have you ever heard of any of these fucking games? <laughs> I'm about to say, man, if it can't play these games, then fuck it. <laughs> the only game that I am moderately... Hitman familiar with moderately is i don't even know what hitman go is i know what hitman is i don't know what fucking hitman go is but like shadow complex i've heard of that game before i don't fucking know what it is i've heard that there was an afro samurai game i didn't know that there was a second one yeah i didn't know there was was a second one either volumes (laughs) no i've i've i played the one on the 360 like way back in the day that game was fairly decent oh oh well i mean the thing that I think that they're coming to is that they're focusing on what's popular, um, but they have plans for everything else that, um, you know, will come like they're they're just establishing what is no shit, not going to work out. And and they talked about, am I sad? No, no. They talked about the, the save data transfers. That's actually fairly cool or decent because they're good. It's not going to be a one way streak. Uh, you're going to be able to transfer from PS4 to PS5 to PS4 because of the cloud-based system. So you're always going yep. to have your saves available to you no matter what you're going to be playing on. And also when it comes to certain things like the save data transfers, it does rely on the developers to follow through and make sure that those avenues are open to you. So, I mean, if I ever decide to play Xard on PS5, more than likely I'll be able to carry all my information over, you know? So same with monster hunter for me. Exactly. Uh, so so good. I I'm glad it's not, it's not the, uh, the backwards compatibility news that we wanted, but it is what it is. So, uh, apparently hitman go is a mobile version that was released alongside the tomb Raider go. Uh, is that a joke? Is that, how is that on PS4? Uh, sometimes I guess they port them. Oh, well, Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't fucking care. <laughs> closing the book, another chapter to probably close the book on the whole Mike Z fiasco. Hopefully. 505 Games is, is officially ending production on Indivisible. 505 Games has clarified the situation surrounding its published game Indivisible going forward, saying that the following is an up, the saying that following an upcoming Nintendo Switch update, there will be no further production done to the title. 505 said that the Switch update is intended to bring the game in line with the content available on other platforms and was already completed and in submission and is expected to roll out beginning October 13th. 
Unreleased Indiegogo backers rewards, including death guest characters and backer created characters, will no longer be implemented, and the North American physical release of the game has also been canceled. Uh, of refunds will be available to those who purchase that version, and 505 will still release the final remaining physical backer rewards, including a statue of the main character Anja, and has said that the statues are about to enter production and information on their availability will be forthcoming. The conclusion of the development of Indivisible follows the dissolution of development studio Lab Zero after a number of its employees resigned, accusing lead designer Mike Zymont of abusive and inappropriate behavior. Zymont laid off the remaining employees the following week. Indivisible, to quote from 505, Indivisible is a game of diversity, inclusion, friendship, and evolution. 505 Games worked with the talented and creative people at Lab Zero for many years to bring Indivisible to life. We are very proud of the game that was created and happy that it has received the positive response that it deserves. We are sorry that the journey ended the way that it did. A number of employees has since created a new studio called Future Club. So, Yep, this is all Mike Z's fault. Yeah, that's... that's what it all boils down to. It's all Mike Z's fault. It's all Mike Z's fault, first of all, because of the allegations. Not because of the allegations, but of the things that he was allegedly accused of. Uh, because I guess we have to say that until he actually is tried or... He fucking did it, whatever. But uh, And then it, it also falls on his pride for not being able to come to terms and making basically Lab Zero go under. Mm-hmm. So, Mike Z, if you happen to be listening to this, you're a piece of shit and this is all your fault. Get fucked. So, <laughs> get fucked. Uh, no, uh, Indivisible, and that's sad too. It is good that they are able to get some of the big, like like the statues. That would obviously be a huge fucking thing for people that had that back to that tier uh, it does suck that your created characters and shit like that aren't getting in there, but at least they're doing something to try and close the book on Indivisible in a good way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all. That's all we got. Yep. Slow news week. It is a slow so. news week. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's jump on over. We got ah shit. I gotta fix this camera too. Uh oh. I forgot about this one. We got questions. We got some questions. I love that the production on the fucking cameras has been all sorts of fucked up this week. It's outstanding. It's because when we switch from guests. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you can go ahead and ask the questions. I can still do input. Cool. Uh, Haru dropped this first one. I've been super excited about this one all goddamn week. Oh, God, this one's going to take an hour. Uh, If you were in charge of making a proper Marvel vs. Capcom 4, what newcomers would you bring? And Uh, I just... You go first. (laughs) Well, if you're just going to bring newcomers, just go ahead and and say what you want to say because I wrote a fucking roster. All right. (laughs) Uh, So... I would say I know it's not a quote unquote newcomer, but I would want Monster Hunter, uh, the Hunter, to get a proper release instead of because it was they were in uh, Infinite. Yes, they were. And from what I saw, Max playing the character is really fucking cool, and it just didn't get its time to shine in the proper format. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. So I thinking of brand newcomers, uh, we would have to do. Mega Man Zero Zero. 
instead of regular Mega Man Zero. You know what I'm saying? Mega Are you talking Man... about Mega Man Zero from the ZX games? Yes. Okay. That one. It's not my favorite model of Zero, but we that's the kind of Zero we haven't seen. Uh, you could also bring in... X was in... Uh, basically, a lot of the characters that were in fucking Infinite need to be put in an actual good Marvel vs. Capcom game. N- uh, Nero. We would need to see Nero come in. Because uh, Nero, you could have V in there as well. Mm-hmm. You could bring him in. I'm trying to think of other things. People that you got to bring back. Uh, I would want to see Ruby Heart be, be, be brought back. We haven't had Ruby Heart since Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Well, so I really she was that central to the storyline of Marvel vs. Capcom 2. From what I understand. She was also created specifically for that game. Her and Amingo. Yeah. So uh, I would like to see some more Darkstalker characters. That would be cool. Besides Morrigan and Dimitri. Mm-hmm. And Felicia. Uh, what else we got? I'm just trying to think of Capcom and Marvel. Darkstalkers had a decent representation. They had uh, Hisenko. I mean, yeah, but you had the waifus in the game. That's true. You had Felicia. You had Hisenko. You had uh, Morrigan. I want to see Talban or uh, the crazy skeleton dude and all that stuff. Okay. So uh let's see it's a lot of capcom yeah i'm switching back over to marvel now Uh, i want to see i want to see moon knight come back that moon knight would be really cool Mm -hmm. moon knight is a dope ass motherfucker in the comics uh taskmaster taskmaster was also really cool i liked him in marvel vs capcom 3 what else do we got what do we got new marvel stuff that we i don't know enough about the new marvel universe and stuff like that i guess you would get captain marvel uh, the new short-haired version of Captain Marvel. Yeah. What else we get from? I would like to see anything with Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm fine with because I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, Spider-Man, of course. Venom. I want to see Venom back. We haven't gotten Venom since Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I believe, and Venom was really, really. Cool. I think you'll like my list. Okay, let's go into your list. Okay, then. so one of the things that I was thinking about doing with this list is that mm-hmm. if you remember uh captain commando captain commando yeah was a single character but he had his partners jump in and do shit almost like some of his regular attacks were uh assists and i thought that that shit was really cool mm-hmm. i tried to incorporate a little bit of that with this list so maybe marvel vs. capcom for focus being like partner characters so on the Capcom side, you have to have Ryu and you have to have Chun-Li. That, that it is what it is. There you are, the fighting game faces. Uh, I would actually think about having um, Ryu be partnered up with Ken for certain moves, certain anti-airs or certain yeah, combos. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Uh, also, I would swap out the other two Street Fighter staples. I'd put Balrog in because I love Balrog. And then for the fast character, I'd put Ibuki. Because uh, right now they're they're fairly yeah. used quite a bit in Street Fighter Five. Oh, we got no, we got to bring Makoto back, man. Nah, nah, no Makoto. Them dirty fucking Makoto players don't even wash their goddamn hands to begin with. Get them off the fucking no, sticks. No, wait. I, Alex has never been in a Marvel vs. Capcom game. No, he hasn't. You could get uh, Alex or Hagar. I would love to bring Hagar back. He'd be awesome. I've got other uh, slots filled because. Like, I I really wanted to like cut down on the Street Fighter Final Fight representation because right, 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 they were right. huge gotcha. in Marvel vs. Capcom too. 
after that, I, I went base Mega Man, but I gave him Rush. And then I had base. So bringing him back from two. Right. And I had base and treble as another Mega Man slot. So get rid of roll. Base and treble would be cool. Base and Rebel, treble I think would be cool. Uh, I brought up Morrigan. Uh, she's the only Darkstalker character that I, that I threw in there. Uh, but I also went with Leon Kennedy because he has not been in a Marvel game yet. He's better than Chris. <laughs> and then I put in Hunk. I think Hunk would be. You just cool. like Hunk. So. Hunk is a fucking badass. No, yeah. Chat. No, fucking Chung Lee is in there. What the fuck yeah, are you talking yeah. about? You need to li- listen to what I'm saying. I don't think he was. Li- he no. wasn't listening. To no, Chung Lee so. is at the beginning. Uh, I got Beautiful Joe in there. Bring back Beautiful Joe. Uh, bring back, yeah. bring back Monster Hunter. And I think that having a outfit similar to the way that um, what the, what the fuck is that ca- Fire Emblem character's name is? It's not Belial, because that's a that's a grand blue character. Pretty much the the new teacher character from Three Houses. I forget what her name is. Um, you, you played it. I didn't. Right. So pretty much like a certain command would bring out a different weapon. So a different button would be mapped to a different type of weapon. Yeah, so whether yeah, you, yeah. You'd have bow, greatsword. Exactly. Then after that, uh, a game that just has not gotten any love for whatever reason, uh, I'm bringing Asura. And Yasha from Asura's Wrath. Oh, God. Bro. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Bro. Bring them in. Bring them God fucking damn in. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you get your Odo Odo as from exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Strider Kiryu. Yeah, Strider's good. Akira and Roy from Rival Schools. Get the one side boxer, the other side the, the motorcycle chick. You just... You just don't want you don't want Batsu in there, do you? <laughs> Batsu is so safe. Like he's pretty much Ryu, dude. Like I I know that he's not Ryu because really Hideo is Ryu. Um, yeah. but bring bring Akira and bring Roy. Those are my two favorite characters from uh from Rival Schools. Um, if you if you want to do a long stretch, you could bring in a JoJo character from the JoJo fighting game, but it has to be the old sprite. Yeah, exactly. That's a long. That's a that's a stretch. JoJo's man. too big right now to be able to do that. Right. I, don't, I think JoJo is too big to be able maybe to as a guest character. Off. Maybe you can pull it off as a guest character. Yeah. Uh, I put Nero, Dante, and V. So I brought everyone from DMC five. <laughs> you gonna keep Virgil out? I wasn't thinking about putting Virgil, maybe like a DLC. I'm talking base roster, forty characters. That's what I. That's what I'm looking at. You're gonna get a lot of people not buying your game because Virgil's not in. Yeah, it. but Nero and V are in there. Like that's enough. That's enough in there. You. I think you could make Nero super cool. I think you could make Nero like you wouldn't put Bionic Commando in because you could kind of make Nero a little bit like Bio Commando right. mixed with other stuff. Right. Spencer. Spencer is what his name. And is. then. I put it in there because everybody needs a joke character. Uh, Apollo Justice. So Apollo Justice, you probably don't know who he is, but... Oh, I know. Okay, yeah. So Apollo Justice and, like, have Phoenix Wright in the background, like, helping him do stupid shit. Yeah. Like, I think that that, that, cool. think that, that would be cool. Uh, chat says, yo, bring back Tiffany. No, don't bring back Tiffany. Tiffany is fucking useless. Tiffany is, is only used. Chick? Is that the boxer chick? So, yeah, she goes to the same school as Roy, and she's got the pom-poms, but they're really, like, they're not even boxing gloves. Do you remember the the, the Sockum air p- punching oh, the things? Ro- uh, yeah, yeah, Rock and Sockums. Sockum boppers. Yeah, whatever. That's what she has. But the only reason why you use Tiffany is because she, uh, her her she's partner America. thing, well, not only because she's from America, but her, her, uh, her team grab or her team ability 
is that she re- re- like gives you health. Like that's all she does. It's the only reason why you use oh, okay. her. But anyway, that's that's the Capcom side. Going over to the Marvel, you got to have Captain America. You have to have Iron yeah. Man. You have to have Hulk. And you have to have Spider-Man. I also threw in Black Widow. Uh, I threw in Black Panther. Um, yeah, that would be a dope. Black he Panther hasn't been in a game. Yeah. Uh, no. That'd be a good Omot. Black Panther's in uh, Infinite. He's actually really cool looking in Infinite. I just forget about Infinite. Yeah. So, unfortunately. Uh, that would be a good homage to, to, mm-hmm. to Chad. Uh, Venom is in there. Went yes. Wolverine, Hawkeye, Thor, Loki. Because I think that you can make Loki a very interesting trick, uh, trickster character. Yeah, you could. You uh, could. Brought back Cable. Brought back Storm. I was thinking about throwing in Juggernaut because I don't really have a lot of like big characters in the roster Thing. as like in general. Uh, yeah. I threw in Star Lord, and then Star Lord, you yeah. could have like all the other Guardians of the Galaxy's characters as like assists, so to say. Yeah, Gambit's in there because I love Gambit. Uh, at Ant-Man and Wasp being a duo character, I think that you can do something interesting with the two of them. Yeah, maybe. Nick Fury in there. I put Luke Cage and the Defenders. Like, I think that that would be, like, the really interesting wild card. I think Daredevil would get the limelight over Luke Cage, though. Daredevil, you can argue, can have his own character, though. Like, so Luke Cage and the Defenders would be, like, very much I mean, like... I mean, shit, Iron Fist was in Marvel's Capcom 3. Really? Yeah, he was in that. Oh, Marvel's Capcom three. I didn't play a whole lot of three. I yeah, played. I played a lot, I of, played three, a lot so. of two. Uh, and then I played a lot of three. Finally, uh, Doctor Strange, and then you can build on the roster from there. That's that's yeah, what I think. Uh, yeah, we need Punisher. Yeah, Punisher would also be uh, an important. We need Punisher. I would say bring back Cyclops. I like Cyclops back from Marvel's Capcom two. Get more of the uh, uh, the X Men in there because I only had. You ain't got no Doom or Sentinel or Magneto yeah, or none of that shit. Because they're the cancer characters. They've mm, always been cancer. Guess, Sentinel yeah. has been cancer in both MVC 2 and 3. So take his How ass out. How am I going to get my Mango Sentinel memes then? You're not. You're going to find something else with Apollo Justice. TJ, TJ brings in a Blade. No, you no blade. blade. No Blade. What? Fuck you. No, no Blade. blade. And get Wesley Snipes to voice him. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of jail. He's fine. He's good with it? Maybe he's good with it. Probably. He needs money. Hell yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to think. Mm, Marvel. More Marvel stuff. That's the thing is I just don't know enough about Marvel. Mm -hmm. Marvel. Trying to think of the movies I've seen. Nah, that basically hits it. I would really want, like, you could do some crazy Wakanda shit with uh black panthers like specials and shit like that mm. i mean he's just a rushdown character like wolverine yeah i mean you could probably like substitute wolverine for somebody else because black panther fulfills that role that's true i wonder uh let's think of like fringe fringe marvel fringe marvel characters yeah okay, like fringe go. marvel and fringe capcom characters we need some we need more goofy because if you think about three the goofy characters were phoenix right uh, Dan was your goo. I don't think Dan was in three, but Dan would be a goofy street, uh, Capcom character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, you had Arthur from ghosts and goblins. You had firebrand. You had, uh, you had a bunch of really goofy characters that were pretty cool. And they were, they were interesting. They were fairly good. Um, I'm yeah. just, I, I went with like 
staples that I think that everyone would like, bring back certain characters, and then add in some new ones. I, I, honest, I honestly think that having Luke Cage in there would be, like, a boon. I think that he's fairly interesting. But, yeah, like, the Punisher should be in there. I get it. Uh, I don't know. You can have Professor X do some psychic, nah, psychic shit. No, you don't want that. You could bring. You could. Uh, Nightcrawler could be in there. Nightcrawler could do. Nightcrawler some cool can do some some interesting shit. stuff. Yeah, if you want to go with big burlies, you could bring in Colossus. I think Colossus was in two, wasn't he? I think I think he was the boss for two. No, am I wrong? Colossus was the no. Colossus wouldn't be a boss. Colossus was the steel guy, the steel X Men, like that could turn into steel. Uh, I I don't remember that. You're talking about Galactus. Galactus yes. was the boss of three. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, that was he was the boss of three. Oh, bring Thanos back. Thanos, you can like do decent DLC with that one. I think Thanos would be yeah. able to fit that role. Uh, like yeah. bring in boss characters and then like throw in DLC in there. Spider-Man and Venom is like as long as you have those two in there and then have them have cool that's what you need to have is like rival characters or enemy characters need to have special dialogues when you go up against each other right. in matches too. Mm-hmm. We got to think we got to pull someone we got to pull a new character from from Street Fighter 5. Uh the one that I was really thinking about doing was either G or Evil Ryu. Uh, Evil Ryu has an interesting uh, move set, but at the same time, he's just Ryu and Akuma put together. G, on the other hand, I don't know if you ever seen G's gameplay or design. Yeah. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, uh, I was thinking if we got we we need Hakan is what we need. <laughs> we need some Hakan because that is all that is simultaneously a goofy and serious character. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's goofy, but he becomes serious because you underestimate him. Okay, that's what happened back in in Street Fighter Four. A lot of people like a good Hakan player could run the table. Right, like it's ridiculous. Also, I just love Hakan. His his design is fantastic. Hakan's a, Hakan's a badass. I like Hakan. Hakan's pretty fun. Uh, chat says Seth. Mm. Nah, I don't like Seth even as a boss character. Compared to uh, what was it? Not Guile, but uh, what was the main boss of Street for Third Strike? There's Seth. Oh shit, the name's escaping me. The the two colored guy. Yeah, I know. I know guy. who you're talking about. I've seen. I Some I just G, faced I off. Think. Now this is pissing me off. Gil. Gil. Thank you. Gil. Gil. That's right. No, I would pick Seth over Gil. You think so? I would definitely pick Seth over Gil. Seth has a more interesting design. Yeah, but his move set was always just all the other characters. I think that was only in SF4. In SF5, he's got his own shit. Oh, I haven't played the game since he came out in SF5. So Yeah, no. But no, I think that's a pretty solid list. I don't think it's too bad. Uh, I would like to see Sigma as a playable character instead of just a boss character. Sigma is a playable character. Is he an infinite? I think he is an infinite. Let me check. I think he's just a boss character with, uh, not Voltron, but uh, Ultron. Not Voltron. Yeah, Ultron. I don't think they are char- playable characters. Uh, playable characters. That's the Marvel side. Capcom side. Sigma is a playable character. Okay. Also, if we're not going to put Doom in there, we need to have some kind of uh, fa- Fantastic Four representation. So you could put Johnny Storm in there. Uh, I hate the Fantastic Four. 
hate this. But John, if you're not putting Doom, Doom's the best thing from Fantastic Four. Okay, yes. So if you're not you putting right. Doom in, the second best would be Johnny Storm. Okay. Or if you wanted to go, if you wanted another big guy like the Hulk, the you thing. could put Thing. You could put Thing in there. Yeah. Okay. But, I'll give. I'll give you that. Yeah. Anyway. What would the like? I don't. I don't want to get into like because what, what would the storyline of the of this would be Marvel versus Capcom? Would this be four or would this be five? I would say this would be four because MVCI is, yeah. regressed back to the two v two instead of the three v three. Right. Not to say that it wasn't like, like gameplay wise, it's still good, but I'd want to go to something a little bit more traditional because MVCI, I think another reason why, and this is just me, another reason why MVCI was kind of held back is because it was very Marvel centric. Um, yes. Like it was all around the reality stones. Um, the There's a Infinity. lot of Marvel representation more so yeah. than Capcom. And I just that I'm not a Marvel fan. I always pick Capcom characters. That's always been my MO. Like I like Spider-Man. I liked Doctor Strange, but I've always just been more geared towards Dormammu. I really like Dormammu in three. Yeah. Dormammu was really fun. So uh, uh, I'm trying to think you could bring in you should bring in uh, the chick from Dino Crisis. That should be a character for is, the Capcom is she, side. Is she uh, Capcom? I didn't know she was Capcom. I thought she was a uh, she was something else. Dino Crisis is Capcom, is it not? Yeah, because I mean, you're probably bi- right. But yeah, I, everyone's bitching that they want a new Darkstalkers or a new Dino Crisis game from Capcom since they're revamping everything now. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I could fuck with that. That would be a fringe. Be like, who the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get everyone excited for the the Dino Crisis. Remake. Oh, but okay. That'll no, here happen. we go. So Disney owns Marvel, and DuckTales was a Capcom game. No. <laughs> yes. No. There's your good character right there. I'm not putting Scrooge McDuck in my fucking roster. It's canon. He's in a Capcom game. No. Get the fuck out. Yeah. No. And then his assist could be Huey, Dewey, and Louie. and I hate fucking you. <laughs> All that shit. Yeah, man. We need a DuckTales fighting game. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> you'd play it. If it had good mechanics, you'd fucking play okay, it. Okay, so you're not game. wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Whatever. But I'm also not right. <laughs> Next question. What is your opinion on the new game mode for Fall Guys Season 2? We just talked it's, about that, Zombie Hunter. It's fucking dope. It is fucking dope. I wish. I have a feeling they're going to troll everybody and do a, a team games only version. Oof. And uh, because it's not a permanent mode it rotates out it has a day counter on it like a time counter right so i don't know what we're gonna get after that anything that takes the team games out though i am 100 percent for i know my only response to it is that fall guys is automatically better than super mario 35 i hate that fucking game i saw I some it. stuff from that and i was just like this is stupid yeah no it's dumb and i hate it i don't like it very much it's not well made anyway <laughs> uh scotty mo for show says i just had some cream of broccoli with dinner got any go-to soups as the weather starts to cool down or favorites i'm usually a fan of potato or tortilla we should have asked this when jason was still on yeah (laughs) i forgot this question was there fyi jason went to go play mass Effect because we didn't want to keep him for the we didn't want to bore him with the news exactly really have an input on it so i am a super big uh tomato basil fan Tomato basil is good. I love 
I love my wife tells me all the time. She goes, you're just eating marinara sauce. I'm like, you haven't had good tomato basil soup then. If you think all tomato canned tomato basil soup is just fucking thin marinara sauce. First off, I love marinara sauce. So I am always happy with it. Whatever. You love that red sauce, don't you? I love it. If you ever come down to my neck of the woods, there's a place in Little Rock called Damn Good Pies. Okay. And uh, they have this stuff called the pink sauce. And it's their spicy red sauce mixed with their, I think it's their like Alfredo based kind of sauce a little bit. Hell yeah. Fucking primo, man. It's really, really good. I'm with it. Uh, but no, tomato basil, I really like that. I like pasta fagioli. Uh, I make homemade pasta fagioli soup. Uh, it's a soup that I made when I was broke. And it's a super, super cheap soup to make. Uh, the most expensive thing, a component in it is bacon. Mm-hmm. And everything else is like bean, a couple different kinds of beans, some carrots, or not oranges, carrots, onions, celery, uh, Dadalini pasta, like little bitty like cuts of pasta. That one's pretty good. Uh, and then I like some good ass hot chili. Hell yeah! Because I put a little bit of sour. Like you make make your chili hot as shit. I could put stuff in it to like tone it down if I need to. Mm-hmm. I could put a little bit of cheese or a little bit of sour cream and all that. My go-to though is like hot ash chili with a dollop of sour cream, sprinkle some cheese on that, couple green onions on top, bada bing with some oyster uh oyster sh- or oyster crackers on the side. Hell yeah. That's that's good eating. My thing, I've got two that I go for, and I make it quite frequently. I make one more frequently than the other because I just love the taste. First off, for my Eastern European roots, I gotta go with Borsk. Uh, Borsk is Borsk? yeah. Ugh. Oh, bro, I fucking love that shit. That's the cold gazpacho kind of style soup. You right? don't have to eat it cold, dude. So I've always heard that it was cold. No, it can be served cold, and it's still good. Uh, I usually warm mine up. So what Borsk is? It is a beet-based uh, soup. So you just shred down three large beets. You make a, a nice beef broth. I usually buy a shit ton of oxtail and shank. Throw it in there. Let that shit fucking... All day. Yep. Just for the next two to six hours, let that shit boil. You can make that shit in advance, too, and freeze it. Yeah. But I just, like, throw that shit in there. Then throw in the beets, the cabbage, the carrots, all the fucking poverty foods of Eastern European <laughs> culture. Like, borscht tastes like good poverty. That's just what it is because it's it's your beets and all your filler vegetables. And then you throw in a bunch of um, uh, vinegar to give it that tart taste. And then you can add an extra thing. So I like adding hot sausage. That's my go to thing for any soup. Just throw in a bunch of that in there. And it is a good hearty soup. And when it's made traditionally, what you'll do is that you'll have like some some black bread, not pumpernickel, but traditional black bread with cured pork or salt pork and then you'll also have it with sour cream because sour cream is a staple to borscht and you did just did you grow i don't know where this dish originates from it might just be a poor person dish but did you ever eat boiled cabbage with smoked sausage cut up in it so that's it kind of sounds a little bit like the irish version like, because okay. we we often eat like corned beef and cabbage, but we had that shit yeah. all the time because it was cheap as fuck. Like, yeah. I don't understand some of these people. Like for St. Patty's Day, it was like, oh, we're, we got to eat the corned beef and cabbage. I gag when I hear corned beef and cabbage because I ate that shit at least twice a week growing up. 
Fuck that. You ever have shit on a shingle growing up? No, I don't know what that is, but I don't like it. Shit on a shingle is, I remember my grandma would make, like, a milk, like, a thick milk cream. Mm-hmm. And then you cut up, like, uh, that that uh, budded meat, that uh, that uh, sandwich meat. Like, you would get the beef version. Okay. You would cut that up, put it in there, and then toast a piece of bread and pour that shit on top. And that was shit on a shingle. That's disgusting. It's not bad, man. When you were it's broke not- as shit, it's better. It's better than mustard sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, we, sometimes we would do like open face sandwiches, like you just get yeah. like the uh, the cubed steak, like the dollar steaks. Ugh. Yeah, the, Ugh. the the dog food steaks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you get that shit. Yeah. Throw that. Throw some bread in there. Throw some gravy on that. That's how. That's how I mean, we made shit, it by. That was weird, man. I liked liver and onions as a kid. You are I weird. Liked it. You I are am. weird. I ate fried. My grandma would make fried chicken hearts. Okay, and I would eat those. That, I've had that. That's that's okay. They're good, but now as an adult thinking about chewing, because I remember they were very chewy and springy, mm-hmm. and like I'm just like as an adult, they kind of make me gag. But as a kid, I ate that shit up because okay, you didn't know what the fuck it was. I was like, "It's good. It's kind of chewy. It's fried." <laughs> uh, no, so I make borscht. Which is a Russian dish, and then I love zupa toscana. So. Me and my best friend in the Marine Corps, for some fucking reason, we had to go to Olive Garden every single time that we had fucking liberty. Let me tell you what, how much I fucking hate Olive Garden. I don't like Olive Garden. I don't like Olive Garden. But, but I love the soup uh, that they have there, and the Zupa Siscana is fairly good. And we sat there, and I said, I can make this better. And so that's we, what happened with the pasta fagioli, because that's why I used to have pasta fagioli was Olive Garden. Right. Because we call it and I'm not I don't want anyone to get mad at the way I'm going to say this, but this is how we used to call it. We used to call it pasta fagioli because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> God damn it. It's 100 percent spelled that way, but it is pronounced fagioli. OK, cool. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Zupa Toscana, it's uh, it's it's very milky. Uh, you use okay. a shit ton of kale. Um, use some, you know, some other regular seasoning things that you put into soups, and then you put in the hot sausage. You have to put in the hot. sausage. Everything revolves around hot sausage when it comes to me and soup. I'd eat that shit Fair all fucking day. So, uh, those... I like some good broccoli cheddar soup. I do like that. I don't like the bag shit. You got to make it like fresh. And then, uh, uh, same with Scotty. I like some good. The last time I made potato soup. It was too thick, so it was just like really creamy mashed potatoes. But I ate them; it was still good. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> like, potato soup. Really, I don't like anything canned. It has to be like homemade when it comes to soup. Like when I'm sick, that's the only time I'm like, "All right, give me some canned shit" because I just need to eat something. Mm-hmm. But if I'm making it just to make it, I mean, uh, Rachel gave me a good recipe for uh, some vegetable beef stew, or no, she gave me a recipe for vegetable stew, and then I put beef in it. And it like took like some uh, red wine and shit. That's only the first time I ever cooked with red wine when I was making a stew. That shit turned out real, really good. My wife doesn't like red wine in cooking, but it was really, really good. What's great about soups is you can make a shit ton of it, ton of it for not a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it freezes well, and it fills you up. So, and it's soup season, brother. It is. I made some lamb stew, like lamb shank stew. We made that at school. Fucking first off, it took for fucking ever because that was like a six hour process. 
but yep. I got I got a good wine to go along with it because you cook it with wine. But that shit yep. took forever, but it was worth it. It was super fucking tender, super good. Uh, yeah, fucking Word awesome. Of advice to everyone that's listening or watching this podcast: learn to cook something. Yeah. Even if it's super basic, it's going to make you feel better after you're done making it, and it's just going to taste better mm-hmm. than anything you can buy. Plus, it gives you that independence. I never – like growing up, my big thing was I never want to be in the position where I have to fucking rely on somebody else for my own well-being. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was very much like, yo, learn to cook, learn to cook, learn to cook. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll fuck up some Taco Bell. Oh, but- <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> but – you know, don't make that an everyday thing. No, because then you'll just get fat. Yep. Uh, H2O asks, so while I was modding the channel tonight, I noticed that Twitch has implemented a new feature of trolls and jokers to request a streamer to be unbanned and crawl back into the channel, released September 30th. If you can run Twitch for a day, what would you do? Take away features, add some, or instantly ban people who are being complete asshats off the platform? The last bit was due to Boogie2988 being on the platform after pulling a gun on a troll that showed up to his house. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. We talked about that. We were we were streaming the other night. And you know who Boogie is, right? I know Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. So they were there was this uh, this beef that him and another person had. And this person shows up to his house. He pulls his gun out and shoots a warning shot. He gets arrested because shooting a warning shot. Yeah, that's illegal as Ar- fuck. In Arkansas is a hundred percent illegal. Apparently, he's in like the Fayetteville area of Arkansas, so he got in trouble for all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first thing I would do is I would hold. Uh, it doesn't matter what level of streamer you are. I would hold you accountable if you broke TOS. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing I would do. Doesn't matter if you're Ninja or if you're Tornado Jones. Mm-hmm. That that's like the big thing there. Um, I can't really think of a lot of things I would do to make Twitch better, so to say. Um, Twitch is, as a core operation, it's it's good. It's not It's fine. It, there's nothing else out there like it. Mm-hmm. It has no other competition. Uh, I might do a week of uh, uh, front-paging small streamers. I get shown a lot of small streamers as it is. Like, do you get them in, a, in your recommended feed, or do you get them on the front page feed? Both. Like, I don't get small streamers. On I the, think on the... because like I get a lot of things for fighting games, but like the people who are playing fighting games are never breaking fifty. Like, it's usually like twenty, thirty. Also, it's working off of your algorithm too. So. Right. Like, the, they know that the two things that I'm into is retro gaming and fighting games and they just give me all of that shit so i think it really matters who you're following like uh, i would give i would give people chances like uh plead your case on why you should be unbanned yeah like if you can give me a re- legitimate redemption of like i'm sorry for what i did what i said was wrong and then i'll unban you mm-hmm. but then if you do something stupid again you're banned that's a perma ban yeah fucking like i'll remember bounce you. i'm trying to think of cool things you could do for twitch i don't know just Yo, um, give smaller streamers the opportunity to stream on multiple platforms at the same time. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that fucks with the affiliate, though. I will say give small streamers the partner, uh, the the squad streaming ability. Yes. Because I think cool. that's only for partnered. Mm-hmm. So give it to affiliate. So, like, we could, when we did our race, we could do a squad stream. And people could, instead of having to have two separate windows up, which will 
hinder mobile users mm-hmm. you could just do a squad stream you click on mine or click on yours to make it bigger right so uh just a lot of the features that partners get i don't think it should just be strictly to partners no i feel you on that yeah anyway uh cory what are you up to this week this week is midterms so you ain't doing shit no, I, I've got it to where I have to do one class every night of uh, all the homework. I have to do it night to night to night. Mm-hmm. I am probably going to be jumping on H2O streams with him to stream more Fall Guys. Cool. He still hasn't gotten a crown on stream, so he's got to keep playing the game until he gets one on stream. Oh, and yeah, that's still going on. I forgot yeah, about still, that. Uh, he is getting to finals more when we take out the team, when we do the gauntlet version. So that's a good thing. His Okay. His, Cause he loved the minute he saw that Fall Guys st- uh, stats app that or like extension, he was like, "Oh shit! Now numbers are involved. I want to be a part of this now." <laughs> so yeah, he's trying to get his percentages up and stuff like that. So I'll probably be joining him. It's Spooky Month, so I'll probably start streaming Ill Bleed at some point. Nice. I need to. I need to do another full stream of Ill Bleed. Uh, I know Pal is wanting to do a Zombies Ate Ate My Neighbors stream at some point. But like Scotty said, there's no point in us not like every a bunch of people can stream it, but we want to let Chris do it, uh, Powell do it first because he's been talking about it nonstop. Yeah, we're gonna watch some more horror movies. Uh, we got a whole list that we're gonna be working on. I still haven't picked up Crash yet, Crash Four. I didn't know that was a sixty dollar game, but it is fifty dollars. I thought it was gonna be a. I don't know why I thought it was gonna be a forty dollar game. I don't know why. But uh, it's fifty bucks at Walmart. I'm still on the fence about it. Okay. Because it feels like I feel like it feels like it's going to be one. And I need to take this out of the equation. But it feels like one of those games that will drop in price in like a couple months, especially around the holiday season. So I probably need to back off too because the holiday season is creeping up, and stuff's going on sale, and I might get shit for Christmas. So oh, the vinyl player will be here Tuesday. So. <laughs> Nice. I I took the you showed me some really cool videos by Vinyl Eyes on YouTube, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided to start off with a high quality vinyl record player, and I'm going to use the Bluetooth function for the speakers because I have a really nice sound bar here in the office, and then after that, I believe I want to upgrade to getting a receiver. Uh, I I don't mind having a preamp built in. I I'm fine with not, uh, not having a preamp separate, but I do want to get a receiver. And then I do want to get speakers, and uh, I have the stuff that I inherited from my, you know, my best friend's father that passed away. I have some cassette players and synthesizers that I could hook up through those receivers, right? So I could get a really cool setup looking. I mean, so, but yeah, and uh, I was I I partook Friday, and I was in line at Popeyes and bought two vinyls on my phone. So I need to be careful whenever I do that because I'm just like, yeah, sure. I want both of these uh, Black Keys albums. It's going to happen with those albums were only like 25 bucks. But one day it's like, that's only $100 for that album. Mm-hmm. I'll get that one. I'm like, no, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, so. got to be careful with that. I, I'm telling you, man, me on Bandcamp when I find a new band is dangerous. Mm-hmm. I did from those videos, though. I'm glad I watched them because I did not know how much setup there was for a record player when you open it out of the box. Yes. Like the tuner arm and making sure it's parallel and getting the height correction and all that stuff. So, yes, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. 
Cool. All this week is more Symphony of the Night because I am <laughs> really fucking irresponsible and when I forget. That? When is it due? What? When is it due? Uh, there's no due date on anything for the fucking uh, oh, the magazine. magazine. Like, I was told that we were supposed to get our fucking submissions in back in August because I thought that the shit was coming out, like, really fucking soon. But then I I go into the fucking app and there are still certain things that are missing. So I'm just going to try to pound out Symphony of the Night this week. And I've only done a vanilla run of Symphony of the Night. I did not know that the the castle goes inverted. That was... Oh, really? You didn't know that? No, I did not. So this is going to be a a brand new experience for me, man. That's going to be fun. I'll, uh... I would. Uh, I would. Are you gonna? Are you gonna do that all on your personal channel, or are you gonna do one night over on the Mega Visions as well? It depends, cause Scotty's back, so that was the reason why Tuesdays, I was streaming Tuesdays, on Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesdays are available. I don't know if you got shit going on on Tuesdays. Tuesdays usually the day that my wife wants to see me. Yeah, check on Monday too. I don't think Diggy's been available to do PSO two lately, mm-hmm. so uh, we might be able to do it that night. People, and we need more spooky games on there, so. I'm with Symphony it. Symphony of the Night spooky, quote unquote. Yeah. No. I'm with it. So that's that's uh, all my Our race will here. be coming eventually. The Mario race. Yeah, no, I just gotta get this shit out of the way. That will come yeah. soon. I had some uh I won't go into the details, but we had some shit that happened that night that still fucking with my head a little bit, so No, I understand. <laughs> Alright, well that's all we got, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh also let's make sure because before Jason signed off, let's go ahead and give him his proper shout-out. So you should go check out on twitch.tv slash Jason Sipe, I believe, is their channel uh, for the cooking channel. And then you can go to twitch.tv slash Miss Tapcat. That is uh, his wife's channel where she'll be doing crafts and Legos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, special thanks or special shout-out to uh, them. They're awesome people, and uh, they make a bunch of shit that I want to eat. <laughs> and I'm fat. So... <laughs> All right. That's what we're going to go out on. We're fat. We fat. We out. That is true. (laughs) Anyway. All right, everyone. See you. See you guys later.